Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're new to the Steel Wars podcast, please hit subscribe in your podcast app of choice. And enjoy previous one-on-one interviews with the likes of Ray Park, Sam Witwer, and Director Krenlink himself, Ben Mendelsohn. Or take in our hilarious 2019 Star Wars news prediction show with Courtney Everett, Riley Silverman, and Bart Freebarn. And stay tuned for our wall-to-wall coverage of Star Wars Celebration Chicago. Thanks so much. Emily Lind of the Canto Bite Dispatch joins us to review, reminisce, and share behind-the-scenes stories from a huge year of Steel Wars podcasts. From Ben Mendelsohn popping over to the apartment to talk Rogue One. So he rings me when he's outside and I'm just like. (laughs) Oh my God. He's parked on the other side of the street. I forget that I'm in America and almost walk out in front of a car. (laughs) If you had gotten hit. Imagine if he had to put me in the back of the pickup truck and take me to the hospital. Oh my God. I mean, that's a hell of an impression to make. He's like, he's going, mate. And I was like, oh, and I was like, I felt like such, what a noob. <laughs> to ripping the crotch of my pants, dueling Darth Maul on national television. I mean, you got to be in a lightsaber battle with Darth Maul. That's pretty good. But something always has to happen. Just, yeah, the ripped jeans. Oh my god! Hey, Rand, like you could have like ripped your jeans in a stupid way, like getting into a taxi cab or something. No, you ripped your jeans fighting Darth Maul. Thanks, Emily. I feel better about it now. <laughs> um, Embarrassing yourself deeply in front of Darth Maul. Yes, it's been a really fun year. Plus, there's plenty of Star Wars talk. Kick back and enjoy this really fun chat celebrating the movies we love and the amazing format of podcasting that brought us all together. This is Steel Wars episode 194, The Year in Review. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars and Each week, we talk to someone of interest about it. And this week, via Skype, all the way in New York City, we welcome back our frequent collaborator, one of my favorite podcasters from the Canto Bite Dispatch. It's Emily Lind. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I am simmering down. From a uh, a big day of fathering, so uh, we we're just talking before the show that my ears he gets a bit grumpy in the early evenings, and then he goes to sleep. But before he goes to sleep, he likes to turn it up to eleven, 
So my ears are a little bit fried. They're a little bit sensitive. Very inconsiderate of him. Like just not thinking about the podcast listeners at all. Uh, Being inconsiderate is, that's one thing he's definitely taken after his father. He's... (laughs) He's all about it. He's all about it. On this episode, as it's the uh, end of the year, I thought we'd look back and just chat about all the episodes that uh, we've done on Steel Wars this year and and reflect on, on a year of content, Emily. And you're here with me. I am. I'm here to talk about Steel Wars on Steel Wars. <laughs> very on brand it's very on brand how's your star wars year been emily hmm it was sort of as i was going through the the episode feed to sort of remind myself i realized like a lot happened this year it sort of i had forgotten about some of it some of it things i'd be happy to forget about again but also we just got lots of cool little bits of news and all sorts of new things that we have to look forward to next year. So I think overall, even though I wish there had been a movie out right now, I think it was still a pretty good Star Wars year. Yeah, I, I feel like as far as news and all that sort of stuff goes, it was a really good Star Wars year. But... As a Star Wars fan, maybe the worst year ever, just as far as the the tone of fandom and... Just being a huge dumpster fire of anger and hatred and nastiness, yeah. Yeah, just like, it, it's weird that, you know, because you enjoyed a film... And you're passionate about it. You're painted as the enemy. Like it's 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 very it's very bizarre. It's very I never could have walking out of the Last Jedi. I I never would have imagined um, things would work out like this. But I, I I also don't think it's Star Wars's fault or Star Wars fans's fault. But it just seems. That's how it is now. It's it's with yeah. with everything on the planet. It's it's us against them. It's what that was. What was it? Lady Gaga fans were downvoting. I may, may might have been Aquaman. The 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 battle of it is sort of um, you know so trite. You know I, I know like throughout history, there's been the uh, you know the Star Trek versus Star Wars you know battle, but I, I always sort of thought that was in good fun, you know. Yeah, it definitely seemed that everybody knew the stakes were very very low because they're just talking about two different varieties of space stuff that, quite honestly. Most people sort of just liked both. Yeah, and I know I know Star Trek, you know, helped me through the nineties, like for things to do at night. I I I, <laughs> I I definitely hit up that next generation. Um, made my way through all the seasons on VHS via the uh, Rosebud Video Easy Video Library. And oh, nice! You could get ten for a week for ten bucks, which I remember just. 
that that is the equivalent of um like that's the nineties equivalent to how I was talking about before we started the show about these dollar Sapporos at Trader Joe's. It's like it'd be I'd be losing money to not get them. And that, <laughs> I was like, I'd be stupid not to get ten next generation videos for ten dollars for the week. Do you know what I mean? I'm set. I am set to watch yeah, stuff. That's 10 hours of Patrick Stewart. You can't turn that down. Oh, no. And uh, so this is sort of like our, our New Year's episode. So I'm getting in the spirit of things. I've got a couple of beers here ready to go. And I know Emily's got a uh, a wine. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to, uh, you know, enjoy a, a beverage or whatever it is that relaxes you while, while you listen to us chat, then uh, then join in. But let's hit these episodes. Let, let's start in January. Good place to start. Good place to start. The, the first episode I've got on the feed, you, you were actually on, which we, we've sort of – there's not much to talk about with this one because we just did a full episode reviewing all the uh, predictions, but it was episode 50 of the live call-in show, which I'm kind of shocked that we did more than 50 of those. I know, like, I know it will change the name now and stuff, but it's a lot of call-in shows. I, I, I yeah, feel, I was I was surprised by that number. I feel I feel like I've jibbed myself because where I think this is episode one hundred and ninety-four, but if I did fifty call-in shows, do you know what I mean? I feel like it should be closer to episode three hundred than two hundred. I've undersold oh, yeah. myself. Yeah, if you counted all the different shows that you do as the same numbers you'd you'd be have an insane amount of podcast episodes Mm, mm. my ocd doesn't allow it it's just oh no i'm glad you don't i I don't agree with that at all (laughs) they're they're separate things and they, they need to be numbered as such so, uh, yeah, the first episode, episode 50, 2018, listener Star Wars prediction show with Mr. Sunday Movies and Emily Lind. And I guess for that one, listen to the live show we just put up and you can listen to all the predictions. Do you have a prediction ready for next year, Emily? No, I don't. I just, I haven't come up with anything. I sort of don't want to because either I'm going to predict something negative, which is just like, making my feelings negative, which I don't want to think about the negative things, or I predict something I really want and it doesn't happen. And then I've psyched myself up for something only <laughs> to be let down. Uh, okay. Let's go to the next episode. It's a hundred. It's episode 51 with Caitlin from the Sky Talkers podcast. And this is a call. I'm just looking at the, um, the things that we were talking about. Luke's lightsaber color on crate was one of the topics of discussion. I so wanted the green. I know you did, buddy. (laughs) But I so get why it's blue. Yeah, so you're okay with it? I still would have liked to see the green. But I understand through, like, why it was the blue one. And it it does leave it open for the green one to appear in uh, episode nine when R2-D2 pops it out and Ray catches it. When he does, yes, that'll be very exciting when that definitely happens. When that definitely happens because, you know, clinging to your own truth in Star Wars fandom, it it never goes wrong. It never goes wrong. I I, I tell you one thing about the whole thing with The Last Jedi and and the lightsaber. You know, I I was so amped on Ignite the Green. 
the episode, and it was like in 2017, but the the episodes just after The Last Jedi, like the car episode and stuff, I, I'm constantly getting argued with with people that I was miserable in those episodes. Really? Yeah. Like even there's this guy that's been on my YouTube account, oh, which is oh my, my YouTube page is so small, but it's, um, it does attract a few um, interesting people. And yeah, like even this week he's like going, you know, we can tell that you hated it and you're just lying. And I was like, dude, give me the podcasting Oscar. I was bawling my eyes out at how much I loved how Luke Skywalker, how his story ended. And he's like, oh, no, you seem miserable. And it's like, yeah, well, it, it still affected me that the first hero I ever had in my life, his character, like I I'd saw the end of the story. Like that's... Yeah, you seem emotional, which is what you want to feel. If you like, if you weren't emotional about it, that would be a failure of the movie. Yeah, and I didn't feel. How did you go with Han? Like, because I was sort of like, oh, but I kind of expected it just because of Harrison Ford. But the Luke Skywalker one for me just came out of left field. It kicked me in the guts, but in a way that being enveloped in the story should. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was I was really upset with Han, but I also was like 99% sure going into that movie that he was going to die. And as soon as we found out who Kylo was, I was 100% sure he was going to die. So... I'd I'd come to terms with that before the movie started. So it was upsetting. But even though I'm much more of a Han person than a, than a Luke person, like oh. Luke, I'm sorry, I know. But Luke, Luke's story in The Last Jedi m- made me love Luke Skywalker. And that, I was, I was just sobbing at the end of it. Yeah, well, for me, Luke was my avatar in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that was yeah. always, you know, I've talked about on the podcast countless times, you know, the the kid that grows up in the little town that wants to go do other stuff. Like, I, you know, as I got older, I related to that so much. But, you know, Luke's designed to be the little kid viewer when you watch A New Hope. Like, that's... You know who you know, and that's who George Lucas lived through. Like, it, it it makes me laugh so much that you know all that Mary Sue business, and and, and people don't get that George Lucas, like, <laughs> he didn't hide it. No, he, you know his his dad wanted him to work in the 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 stationery store, and you know George Lucas wanted to go off and do stuff. It's it's not hidden. These, uh, you know, he's not he's not discreet with that sort of stuff. But um, here's an episode um, which was I, I was very proud of for several reasons. Episode 157, live at the Scum and Villainy with Kyle Newman, Anthony Bresnikan, Ash Crows, and Laura Syracuse, 
And the bin man himself, Jason Ward, before he used to get in bins and hide out. And this one is interesting to me now that, like, for for people that that didn't like the film, they, they I don't know, they see it as a real battlefield, like you know, Kyle Newman stood up to these shills and and it's like, like, Kyle's our friend. <laughs> like, we were just talking about a movie. Um, yeah, sometimes you don't agree with your friends about a movie and are still friends with them. That's what happens in the real world. <laughs> imagine not being friends with someone because you disagreed about a movie. I mean... Unless it's like somebody really, really likes Triumph of the Will or something, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> well, of course, there's, you know, there's, there's weird reasons why you mightn't like a movie that might be questionable, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved like the, the, the show, but I, I, like it was such like you know, so many people turned out for it, and it was just like. Uh, you know, like a, a really fun Star Wars party. So I very much like that. Much like the next one, which was um, episode 158. And uh, you might have some thoughts on this one. Live in New York with Ronnie Chang and Heather Antos. Oh, man, this was so good. I was just, first of all, I love the fact that you've, like got to come to New York and do a show. I was so excited. It was it was fun to see like the East Coast people who turned out. And also I mean, God bless him. Ronnie Chang is just spectacular. <laughs> he's he's so fun. Like I just I just feel like I could just make podcasts with him forever because just whenever we talk, it just turns into this bizarre, hilarious faux argument. He's, he's so funny. His, his insistence that he knew a bunch about the EU that immediately fell apart with like the first question. Uh, Heather's, like not knowing who Thrawn was. Heather's reaction. This is like like I'd only just met Heather that that day, like half an hour before the show. But once she started grilling Ronnie about not knowing Grand Admiral Thrawn, I was just like, "Oh, I love you. You are my hero. This is the best." And yeah, the dynamic of that one was was so good that like Heather ended up just like dissing him so hard like because he's used to me yeah but i don't think he was ready for heather (laughs) one of the things i always like when you have on um comedians like ronnie who i've heard on a bunch of other podcasts and and then you add another guest who's not familiar with them at all it's sort of like when you've had um ash williams on like green guy letters and stuff where just seeing people figure out who he is is hilarious and fascinating to me and it's the same with Ronnie yeah I I always remember the I don't know if you were there for this one the green guide letters 
at the LA Podfest and it was Todd Glass. I I was watching on from New York on the live stream and there's a point like Todd Glass is just staring at him. Like what am I watching right now? <laughs> and then like you can see him Click. partway through the show. Yeah, you could see him get it. And it's 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 amazing. <laughs> I remember seeing him the next year and he's like How's your friend Ash? Is he still alive? <laughs> Is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, that that was a an awesome show, and uh, you got to meet the next episode on the feed. We're doing. I'm doing the page. I've got the Patreon feed up, so there's a, a few little Patreon episodes. Was uh, we got to hang out with Robbo, who I do the Robbo report with, and uh, how, how did you find him in New York? Well, I've I had met him before. Um, oh, had you had some meetup, yeah. Yeah, with uh, after uh, New York Comic Con with a bunch of like the Rogue One people. I he's the nicest guy in the world. Mm. He he is, and you know, f- for all his first impression can be um, not great. I was not a fan the first time I heard him on the Colin show, but he's very sweet. No one was. <laughs> oh, I know. I remember being in the chat room for it, but he's, he's just great. He's really funny, really smart. And again, the sweetest guy in the world. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I was thinking about this the other day that like Robbo, he just called into the Colin show a couple of times and was a bit abrupt with his call-in style and would ask a question and then talk over everyone so they couldn't answer, essentially. It was um, good conditioning for Twitter. But I liked how, like, nerdy and well thought out all his opinions were, even if I didn't agree with them. I, I liked that he had this... Like he was like, I look at it like this and I'm going to look at it all like this. Like he's got that lens. And so I thought, oh, it'd be funny to, you know, do a, you know, do a patron show with him. So, you know, just so I've got someone that doesn't agree with me. Like, yeah, you know, like we can throw up topics and see what he says. And it's like podcasting is such a cool thing that, you know, we've done, I don't know, like 20 of these things. And I was thinking about the other day and I'm like, Robbo's a real good friend of mine now. Yeah. He, he talks to me about fatherhood and, yeah, it, it, it's weird. Because have you and Brittany met yet? No, we haven't. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, if you don't listen to the Canobite Dispatch, like uh, downtown Brittany Brown in San Diego – and Emily do a podcast together, and I, I, I guess you met through this podcast, yeah? Yeah, yeah, because she called in on the Colin show, and then later in a couple of the other Collins was in the chat room during them, and yeah, we just we hit it off, and she was looking for a co-host, and I said, ah, we'll do it. Yeah, we still haven't met. We'll meet for the first time at Celebration next year. Wow. I've got to arrange that I can be there so I can get it on the podcast, on the blog pod. 
Yeah, I imagine Brittany will be fairly loud. Yeah, you might be allowed to. You might be allowed to. Uh, I am going to be excited. I don't know if I will be loud. Okay. Yeah, I just think that's like, it's just so amazing that, you know, people, because even with um, like the, the Star Wars Geek Girl podcast that uh, Lizzie Perella, Sal's daughter, does with her friend Zoe, and they're on the other side of America and they just became friends through their love of Sabine and, and they met at the last celebration after doing all these podcasts together. And oh, that's cool. I think like Hawes and, um, and Johnny and stuff. It's, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a sap for that sort of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, Brittany is one of the people I talk to most often, like in the world, not just, Star Wars stuff we're just talking throughout the week and we we barely knew each other when we started the podcast <laughs> well it's it's so weird because I listen to it now and one of the reasons why I love listening to it is it just sounds like two best friends talking yeah you I, I like our our well our first episode we scrapped because it was terrible but we it was it was a little awkward at first and then we just really hit it off. Nice. Let's go to live call in 52. And this was really cool. We had Geek Girl Diva and a surprise call in from Stephen Stanton. Oh, my goodness. I love him. So, yeah, when we used to do the call in shows at a regular time, Stephen would call in now and again, which was uh, super fun. He'd do voices and would. With giggle, like, you know, mm-hmm. the little fanboys and girls that we are. I'm just looking at what topics that we talked at. Um, oh, this is, yeah, okay. Fond memories of losing the schmodown because <laughs> Geek Girl Diva and I were both on that. I actually, on Christmas Day, someone tweeted me angrily that I didn't take it seriously enough. Oh, my God. <laughs> day <laughs> oh that's so sad for them i i, I don't know people because i was just saying you know something a few days prior just like this isn't all so serious like and people misconstrued that do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. oh what do you talk you talk about it every day you talk about star wars every day and i'm like yeah but it's not serious like who cares yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Like I talk about it because it's a thing I like. It's not life or death. No. It's just you know a great thing if you keep like it's 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 like with anything that you're into like your hobbies and stuff. It's a great thing if you keep it great. But once it's not great, move on to something else because it's not the future of the planet. It's not the future of your town. It's not the future of your family. It's just a made-up story that's made up by people. Yeah, that you're not required to participate in if you're not enjoying it. Now, this one I have very fond memories of. And actually, this whole week was really good. A few of these episodes um, were done in like when I was in New York for a week. I um, recorded a bunch of episodes and... I don't know. There's, there's sometimes 
So oh, this, I should say what the episode is. It's episode 159 with Jordan D. White uh, talking Marvel's, talking Marvel Star Wars with the editor of Marvel Star Wars. <laughs> God, sometimes I don't name these episodes everywhere. <laughs> or maybe, maybe I was trying to be ironic with that. I don't know. Like, I hope so. Yeah, I think I was trying to be like, yeah. I think I was going with something there, I hope. But um, some, sometimes, like, sometimes doing the podcast is hard. You know, like something doesn't record properly or, you know, life gets in the way and it's, it's hard to record the intro and the outro right at the end because it's like four in the morning and stuff. And then other times, like this week in New York, it's like a – it's all working out and it's a, it's amazing dream. And I had this one day when I was in you and I got to hang out with you a ton in New York and we got to do awesome things. Remember we went to that, yes. we went to Suck Lord's art presentation. Yeah, that was great. Wow. Well, Suck Lord's the next one. So we'll talk about that then. But there was this one day where, I th- was it the same day? Maybe it was different days, but I got to um, uh, have, lunch with like the Star Wars Minute guys and and this episode going to Marvel and just going to Marvel was like super cool like it was a bit of a um, a visual input overload but um yeah just to talk Star Wars with with Jordan for, for like 2 hours at like this massive corporation and then once I was done I got the subway down to like the lower east side down to New York's Chinatown and interviewed the suck Lord in his studio. And it was such a like, yeah, that's two ends of the spectrum there. Yeah. It was really, um, I really enjoyed it. I had, that was like one of the best days of podcasting, but it was, it was interesting talking to Jordan because I've been pretty critical of the Marvel Star Wars comics and it's sort of, I don't know. It's like they're just doing these people that make stuff. Like if you don't like it, that they are like just trying to do the best stuff. Oh, you mean they're not intentionally making things terrible in order to upset you? Yeah, like like George Lucas when he made the prequels and if people didn't like it, he didn't like set out to bum you out. And I, I think how bummed out people got bummed him out and he didn't want to do it anymore. But it's and, – and also this is one thing I've learned this year is like like why, why, why focus on the parts that you didn't like? Like acknowledge them, discuss them, but then also like celebrate the things that you did like. It's like, don't let it overcome you. But yeah, yeah but it, it was really cool to, um, you know, talk to Jordan and also, you know, I, I did try to get in some light jabs of the things that <laughs> didn't please me. But I, I think there's an art to that and – to like go, hey, I didn't. Well, what were you thinking with this? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a, there's an art to, um, like 
questioning things you didn't like without being an absolute prick about it. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a good skill to learn. I'm trying. No, I think you did a good job. <laughs> uh, let's, so then let's go to the suck lord. Well, now let's talk about that, that night we went to the suck lord's um, art show. Yeah, that was it was interesting. There were some intense people there. Yeah, and so if you haven't heard that episode, episode 160, The Suck Lord, The Art of Toy Bootlegging in New York's Chinatown. And I should point out that if uh, you haven't heard a lot of these, they are up. I keep the last – there's a few full episodes up along the way and, and the call-in shows and stuff. But for a lot of the interview shows, after the last – after they're 25 episodes old, I just leave up a, a preview of it and I save the rest for people that want to subscribe to the Patreon. And so if um, any of these episodes you want to hear them in full, it's it's like $1 or $3 for the month, depending on what level you want to go with. Or you can get more to get stickers and stuff. But um, yeah, and it just helps out the pod. Because I, I sort of feel like this is sort of like a semi-plug, I guess. But my, my theory always was that if I give you 25 full episodes for free and then you like it enough to want to listen to more, how about chuck in a dollar? Yeah. That seems that seems a good amount of episodes to have up. Hmm. Hmm. I'm but trying. I, yeah. I would say, I mean, for this Suck Lord episode alone, it's, it's worth being a Patreon because he is a fascinating dude. Um, and so he had been part of this art show that we went to, and then he gave this talk on sort of his like bootleg journey. Um, even though, and he talks about it in the episode that the bootleg isn't really the right term for what he does because he's not t- trying to fool people into thinking that this is official merchandise. But it it was something I'd never heard people talk about before. And something I had never even thought about before. Yeah. And it's just, he's really charismatic and really well-spoken and, and also quite open about his, his bitterness and sort of how that led to his art. Mm, I, I do love how open he is about it all. But after that other one, you know, you, we were sort of questioning my Jordan White, um, the the text on this one. This one's pretty good. Episode 160, The Suck Lord, The Art of Toy Bootlegging in New York's Chinatown. Now, read the, ready for this description, Emily. To some, he's a shady toy bootlegger. To others, he's a high-end pop artist. But to all, he's the suck lord. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good, I reckon. That's about as good as I'm going to get. It's good. But um, the, I, I love, like once he started talking about how he created the, um, the New York Toy Fair showrooms for Hasbro during like the Phantom Menace and how hard he worked and how he was sort of dismissed, it, it all, like it's like, like the origin story of a supervillain. Like you, like you really <laughs> yeah. see, like why he did what he did, 
Like, do you know what I mean? You like, because I think that's the best sort of super villain is like due to the things that happened to him, he had no choice but to be a super villain. Mm-hmm. And it's okay, even like, how, how would you see that with Anakin Skywalker? Did he have a choice? Like, given how well, dickish Mace Windu was. I like, mean, yeah. Like, can you blame him? Well, he, I don't know if because Samuel Jackson is mean to you, you get to murder a bunch of kids. I would say it makes sense. It makes sense. Like, that story makes sense to me. I'm not going to say, you know, it absolves him, but it does follow a fairly logical line of, well, that kid was always going to be screwed up. <laughs> but yeah, that that is, I think, one of one of the great episodes without sounding too much of a dick. But like, I, 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 I just thought that was, and, and more on his, you know, at his end, but it's such a fascinating story. Well, and it's just, it's so different than episodes that are, and, and I enjoy these other episodes too, but episodes that are just like, okay, tell me about how you became a Star Wars fan and what you like about Star Wars and what you don't like about Star Wars. Like his, his story is so different and coming from such a different place and also just all all of his his thoughts on art and what makes this an art and and the 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 thought and care that he puts into it like again it just it's a story i hadn't heard before and that and that's why this episode always sticks out to me oh so i saw him at designer kong in anaheim and i got he was selling teddy bears of himself Oh my god, that's so great! All right, wait there. I'm just gonna grab it. I'm just gonna grab it. Just wait two seconds. It's just it's on my shelf up here. All right, check this out. What the hell? Oh, here we go. I'm not going to press it anymore because it can't get any better than that one for the podcast. <laughs> wow. And so on one side, it's him in his suit. And then on the, when you flip it over, it's um, like he's in his Boba Fett outfit. And um, it's got like a, a lipstick mark on Boba Fett's helmet. Okay. Well, please send me a picture of that because that's incredible. I will. I will. Um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. But I, I just fell in love with him. He was like, yeah, that was such a good day, such oh such a good week. And um, 
unknowingly, um, we were carrying around a baby at that time, which is always weird to not know what was going to happen. The only person that knew was Jerry, our cat. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was like instantly attached to Jackie's tummy. Really? Yeah. So, like, we were wondering why he was acting so weird for, like, two weeks before we found out we were pregnant. Wow. So weird. He was just attached, like would just go straight to Jackie and jump on her tummy like at a moment's notice. It was really strange. I've, and I Googled it and there's like other cases of it and stuff, but what a good dude. What a good dude. Now, this next episode in the feed is a, uh, a, patron, a Patreon one to talk about. And this was really cool. Um, it's Juklin Strikes Back, the podcast I do with uh, Jackie. Uh, episode two, visiting Tatooine and Solo with Steel. I'm not sure what we talked about. I think we watched the Solo teaser. But the, the majority of the episode was um, Jackie and I went out with a couple of our friends, Jolene and Jake, to Death Valley. And, of course, as with everywhere we go, I have to make it into a Star Wars thing. Of course. And we found all these locations like you can you know you find websites and stuff to find out where they are but so the death valley locations that were in star wars there's a shot of r2d2 going over sand dunes just after he leaves c3po like Mm -hmm. and he's sort of like he's sort of whistling as he goes off so you can go to those sand dunes just near a petrol station and, like, it's sort of weird. It's like, oh, this is pretty Star Wars-y. But on my iPad, I had screenshots from the movie. And, like, sand dunes move around, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so they're never going to be still. But once the mountain, like, the mountains in the background, I lined them up because mountains don't change. Oh, okay. Mm. That's that's some solid scientific knowledge right there. Thank you. Hey. Um, but once, like, I was like, the mountains were the same with the image from Star Wars. It was like the endorphins just went. It was. But now you're in Star Wars. Yeah, it was crazy. And so I took, like, I brought my little action figures out because I didn't want to disgust seven-year-old me that I didn't do that. Yeah. And. So I lined up the little picture and so that was one. That was the first one we found and what other ones? Oh, the R2-D2 Canyon, you know, where R2's like it's dusk and it's just before he gets caught by the Jawas. Yeah, that's a beautiful little scene. I like that shot. Yeah, so that's in Death Valley as well because like the majority of the stuff was in Tunisia but then they had to film some pickup shots so they just went out there. So that's there. And that was really funny because we got the directions wrong and we went to a different canyon and I'm kind of proud of myself. Okay, no, I am proud of myself. I'm very proud of myself on this one. Was I didn't claim it. I didn't go, okay, that was it. I was sort of like, I just can't get the right angle. This isn't 
and then we and then we realized we went to, down the wrong road and then we found it. So like I was sort of glad that I wasn't kidding myself. Um, what were the other things? Oh, the, the, the view from like, you know, Moss Eisley Spaceport, a hive of scum and villainy, not the mountain that they were on, that's in Tunisia, but the view down of the spaceport is the salt flats in Death Valley. Oh, okay. So then it's got like, you know, I think now in the special edition, there's some CGI ships landing and stuff, but the view from the mountain of Tene- of um, Moss Eisley, that's in Death Valley. Then the other one, which made for the best photo, was the path that C-3PO and R2-D2 walk up to Jabba's palace at the start of Return of the Jedi. And we found this perfectly. And then I don't know if it was... Maybe it was Reed Parker, like photoshopped in Jabba's palace, like at the end. And it's like, oh my God, I'm in Return of the Jedi. So we took a photo. That's so cool. We took a photo of, well, we did it with the, the, the figures, but then me and Jackie took a photo, like R2-D2 and C-3PO walking that way. And yeah, it, it was it was really cool. If, if you ever have an opportunity to go to Star Wars sets or in, like the locations, highly highly recommend it have you ever been anywhere where star wars is filmed emily no i haven't kind of disappointed in that now because it sounds really just magical Mm. as much as i hate using that word yeah one day we should organize something that you come over and we'll get a crew and and go out there and and see all the stuff because it's it's um it's really, really cool. So that was one of the Patreon episodes. Then this one, which I don't know. I always love these ones just because I'm just happy he likes me. <laughs> and it's episode 161, Anthony Bresnikan behind the scenes of his EW Solos cover story. And, yeah, I went out to his house, which is – Sort of um, depending on what time of day, it's either an hour or half an hour or ninety minutes out of LA. But um, yeah, it was it was really sweet of him to invite me out there, and we got to talk about his uh, EW solo story with um, Ron Howard, Kathleen Kennedy, and Olden Aaron Reich. And um, yeah, I, I cherish my time with Mister Bresnikan. I I, um, I very much admire him. Now I don't I don't quite remember how did you first end up like talking with him and interviewing him I don't know how I got in contact with him but one of the times when Jackie was already living here and I was going back and forth I just maybe I just like hit him up on Twitter or something like I said oh hey can you DM me and and then I asked him and I said, I'm going to be in LA during this time. And I went to EW, which is um, I think in Culver City. And we did it in like a closet. And yeah, we just sort of hit it off. I, I think he, and he, he commented, he did look like he said, I, 
I really appreciated the questions you asked that they were like made me think and had like, you know, I, you know, challenged him a little bit, not, I don't know, just like asked him challenge is such a bad word, but maybe presented things that people maybe said about his relationship with Lucasfilm so he could, you know, reply. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, we just sort of hit it off from there. And I actually, uh, I just went to his, he has like a Christmas Eve party. And I met there who will be on the podcast when um, a special anniversary comes up. But I met um, Joe who was the director and creator of George Lucas in Love at the party. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's one of like the original fan films and it's Shakespeare in Love but about George Lucas writing Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. The name, like I've heard before, I just sort of never – Pay much attention to what it was. Yeah, I think it's maybe like a 20-minute short film and it's sort of like George Lucas is in university and he's got to write this script and then all the people that's in his dorm and he's interacting with, like, you know, like that's all the inspiration Mm -hmm. for, um, you know, he he lives with like a, a stoner that talks backwards, you know. You see where it goes. But it's genius but i was talking to this guy and he said like oh what do you do how do you know anthony i said oh i do a star wars podcast and um we just know through that and he goes oh you know i've got a a bit of um a little bit of star wars cred i'm like oh really what's that and he said i i made george lucas in love and i was just like (gasps) (laughs) i was like you're a legend that is a that is one of the (laughs) seminal fan films like and yeah, so it turns twenty in I think May this year. So we're going to do an episode like timed with that. But it it's so good, Emily. It's 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 exquisite. And I I, I was telling him it was like it's so weird because I watched it when it came out, and you know it was when the internet, you know, you couldn't download videos, and so someone must have done it over a week. And then they showed it at the Skywalking fan club meeting. And I remember just like, oh, that was amazing. It was so cool. But then they released it on DVD. I, I, I got it. It's out of print now, but I got it from um, Amoeba one time. And when I had to sell all my um, DVDs because I had a thousand DVDs that I wasn't going to watch ever again and I was moving countries, I, I kept all my Star Wars, anything Star Wars related – I kept so it's yeah. in my it's in my little drawer here, so uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that, and uh, yeah, but I like it's um yeah Anthony's I admire Anthony very much, and the fact that he uh, tolerates me is um, I find quite a compliment. <laughs> he always seems like he's having a good time, and in the episodes he's on, I know, like we're we're good friends, but. I questioned his choice. (laughs) (laughs) 
he's just such a good guy. He's such a good journalist. He's such a good like father, and he's I I really admire him in in many ways. So yeah, he just has really bad taste in friends. You're lucky, right? Very bad taste. Uh, how about this episode? This dude, episode 162, details tales from the set of The Last Jedi. How good is details, man? Like, <sighs> So, for those that don't know, details is a uh, creature performer on, uh, he's been in all the Disney Star Wars films. In uh, The Last Jedi, he was slow and low who was the guy that didn't like bad parking on Canto Bite, um, voiced by um, Joseph Gordon-Lovett, but um, performed by Details. And he's also in Solo. He's the uh, pike that gets terracasied. But, yeah, he's another one. It's just like he's just so giving and... I just can't think of a better dude to be on a Star Wars set. He's so positive and he he loves what he's doing so much. It's really infectious. Yeah, it's he's the best. And he he's a like this like I like I love podcasting so much. Like we're friends because of podcasting. Yeah. And you know, I, I go to New York and I've got someone to hang out with and go to bizarre art shows with. I, um, he was out here a couple months ago and we recorded that um, Last Jedi commentary. And I, I sort of drove out and picked him up and we're driving around and stuff. And it hit me. I was like, I was like, D, do you know we've only met once before? And, I, I, I guess it, it's weird because I just don't count the internet as friends. Like I find it, I guess, because like I was friends with people before the internet. <laughs> so I still find it really quaint. And I was like, hey, D, do you, do you think it's weird? We only like knew each other, like, because we met in at Celebration London. We met at a party Wait, did we meet at the party the night before? Yes, yeah, we met at the party the night before celebration because um, Tom Bell, that was Prashy and Kratnus, they were together in The Force Awakens, the two gamblers at Maz's Castle. Yes. I knew Tom because a comedian friend of mine knew him through comedy. And then Tom introduced me to D. At they had this, um, I think the guys from like Jedi News organized this sort of big night with um, who played at the end? Um, Blur? No, a real English Brit pop, like super 90s. Ash, Ash, that's who it was. Ash, do you know that band? I do not. But I, my musical knowledge is minuscule. Okay, well they they're big Star Wars fans, and, and they sort of played this this party, and I met D, and then I convinced D to come and do the hundredth. I didn't have a guest. This is classic <laughs> me. 
podcasting. Just like, it's like, I don't have a guest for this. I'm doing a podcast on the floor at Celebration, my hundredth podcast. And I'm like, I don't have a guest, but I know me. I will, <laughs> I, I will come through for myself at the last, like, I, yeah. I will, I will socialize myself into a guest. And I said to him, um, he didn't want to go. For some reason, he was really weird. He's, he's, he, he doesn't want, he's very sensitive about getting too much attention for his work. And I was like, just come down. You're going to have a really good time. You're going to be around. And he, he like fell in love with it. But um, yeah, so I um, very much love him. What is this episode? Live call-in show 54, Rebels Reactions, Ben Mendelsohn, Emily Lind, Sal Perales, and Listener Calls. I love that because it makes it sound like Ben Mendelsohn is one of the guests on the call-in show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... Okay, I get what happened yeah, here. This was, yeah, this was the episode before you put up the Mendo interview and you had, you had sent me like the first 20 minutes of or so of the interview. So then I was on to like hype it up more as if it needed it. Yeah. But I couldn't, I was so bottled up about it. Like I was so excited that I just wanted, I just needed to like share it with someone else like just so someone else could hear it like and react. Cause I was like, yeah, I think, I think I killed it. But Emily like loves Mendo like more than anyone. I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll send the first like 20 minutes or how much it was that I'd, I'd already fixed up. So, um, so well, let's talk about episode 163, Emily. Ben Mendelson, Mendo talks director Krennic, his Star Wars love and that just been choked out by Darth Vader grin. That's a good title. It's a very good title for a very good episode. The floor is yours. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, so like a couple nights before this happened, I got a text from you saying, call me. And I thought, what? what is going on? Because we don't call each other. <laughs> we just don't and i'm like okay that's very strange and then we said is guess who's coming to my place tomorrow to record a podcast and i <laughs> immediately lost my shit um because i know that this is something you've been working towards for a while and obviously it'd become a, like a big thing on the podcast and everybody wanted it to happen like anytime you remotely hinted that you had something exciting happening on the podcast, everybody could guess that you had gotten Mendo. Mm. And then you did. And he's fantastic. And I, hearing him talk about Krennic, like, I, like obviously I love Ben Mendelsohn, but really, I love director Krennic. He's my favorite kind of villain. I'm fascinated by him. And hearing the thought and the care that Mendo put into this performance made me love him even more. So I'll tell you a few things that happened before the episode. So he, I'd been dealing with 
his PR lady and I sort of because they, 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 they saw the T-shirts, the Mendo T-shirts, and they thought it was really cool. Like they thought it was, I don't know, like they, they were all about it. And they, like, they went to Triple J. Ben did a tour of Australia. Uh, I don't know what film he was promoting, but whatever. He was promoting a film and he went to Triple J and my friend Angus that's been on the podcast that does the Hey Fam podcast, he wore the Mendo t-shirt to get a photo with him. And I was just like, what, what, what did he, like, what did he say? Was he angry or happy or, and he goes, oh my God, they loved it and they wanted to know where they could get the t-shirts. So I was like, Yes. So I emailed her and said, oh, hey, I'm the guy that does the T-shirts and I heard that you wanted some, so just let me know what sizes you want and I'll send them out. And then she said, oh, thanks for the T-shirts. And I also sent a few things that Ben, that I um, had some, you know, some insider info that he'd missed when he was in America from Australia. Um, oh, okay. One was Milo, which is like a chocolate milk sort of thing. It's like brown dust that you put in milk. Yeah, yeah it's like Nesquik. Yeah, oh, it's it's the best. And uh, snakes, like snakes alive, like, you know, sort of like juby snakes. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with candy in this country, but whatever. Like, so, like gummy worms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I sent that as well for something for Ben and then I sort of said, oh, hey, um, you know, I do this podcast and like it's, you know, it's, it's a pretty well-regarded Star Wars podcast and you know, I'm sure Ben knows how hard it is to be um, a Melbourne boy in LA trying to do stuff and if, if he could spare an hour of his time, that, that would be it would really help me out. Like I was just like as honest as possible. (laughs) I said, I promise you'll have a good time. Um, And it would mean a lot to me if he could do it. And so that sort of started, like I was sitting on this for like a year of of like him, like her saying that, Oh yeah, he's he's down to do it, but like it's it's all about timing, and mm-hmm. and also like I was still going back and forth from Australia, so sometimes he'd be free to do it, but I'd be in Melbourne. Oh, and then one day she just emails me, and and I'm I'm just using like her to not reveal her name, full respect, and. She said, how are you situated this week? And oh my gosh. this is how cool Ben Mendelsohn is, right? He just rocks up in a truck, just a cool like Ford or something. Probably the same truck that Patrick Swayze drives in <laughs> Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Do you know, like, you know, that sort of truck yeah. with the pickup like in the back. Yeah. Um, not like a truck like Optimus Prime, but like. No, uh, like a pickup. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I don't know anything about cars, but I knew he was driving something that was cool. And 
like not, um, you know, like a Tesla. It was like this, you know, something he loved when, you know, he was young and he sort of fulfilled that, that dream of having this like, you know, like it's something that like Wolverine would drive. It was just mm-hmm. also an Australian. Um, so he rings me from downstairs because I said, I, you know, I'd organized with his PR. I said, oh, you know, is he driving or I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he, a limo drops him off or what. And he's like, oh, no, he's just um, coming by himself. And I said, oh, well, do you want, I'll arrange a car park for him downstairs. And so, yeah, Jackie took the car to work. So he rings me when he's outside and I'm just like. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's parked on the other side of the street. I forget that I'm in America and almost walk out in front of a car. (laughs) If you you had gotten hit. Imagine if he had to put me in the back of the pickup truck and take me to the hospital. Oh my god! I mean, that's a hell of an impression to make. He's like, he's going, mate, and I was like, oh, and I was like, I felt like such what a noob. It's like little newbie in a, in in LA can't get used to the different streets because I just so everyone knows we drive on the other side of the road in Australia. We live in this old Art Deco building, and the underground car park is just riddled with like you know like beams mm-hmm. to you know to scrape cars like, i'm pretty sure that's why they're all there and so it's a little bit tricky especially when you're in this big truck and we've got this the car park's right up the end it's on this weird angle and i was sort of like directing him in and he just goes mate i've got it quite curt oh no and i was like oh, my God, this is not going to go well. Oh, no. Like he's not – like I'd had this like, you know, like daydream of how it would turn out. Do you know what I mean? But you guys were going to be best friends? Yeah, well, it it worked out almost in some ways better than I imagined except we didn't keep hanging out after the show. Like I didn't go to his house for Christmas. Yeah. I went to Bresnikan's, but I probably would have bumped Bresnikan for Mendo. Yeah, that's the right call. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm like, I'm just like, I've blown it. This is not cool. And then on the way up the stairs, I started talking about like a mutual friend that we had and it sort of softened it. And then he walked into the house and saw I've got, I don't have... I guess I've got a lot of Star Wars stuff, but not as much stuff as people would imagine for my devotion to the franchise. And it's, it's quite tastefully presented or as tastefully as possible. And I've got this uh, like sort of old sort of Art Deco cabinet that sort of matches the house. And it's got like all the vintage figures sort of laid out in the order they came out in. It's sort of like I tried to replicate the back of the action figure cards when I was little. Mm -hmm. That was like my dream was to have all those figures. And he comes in, sees all those figures, and he goes, oh, mate, you've got them all. And he just opened the cabinet and just started like looking at action figures. 
and just turned into like we were just two eight-year-old kids and he was like, oh, I had that one, had that one. And then he was seeing like all the Krennic merchandise that I have because Mm -hmm. one of my minor collecting focuses is Krennic. I love love Luke Skywalker. I like Ewoks and I like Krennic. And I had the – when I was on – uh, it must have been our honeymoon, our belated honeymoon. We went to Mexico and I got like this little carton of Hershey's chocolate milk for Rogue One and it, it was like the Mendo one, like he's standing on it. And he goes, mate, where did you get this milk? And I go, <laughs> and I go oh, it's, it's like this like Hershey's milk from Mexico. I, I, I call it my Mendo milk. And he goes, oh, that's epic. Because it's, it's quite weird to have a collection of merchandise of a dude that's in your house. Yeah. And then he sat down and I had that icebreaker was that story about Camberwell Market, like the flea market in Australia that's quite – like if you're in Melbourne, like everyone knows Camberwell Market. And, yeah, that was sort of my ease in to talk about something not so Star Wars-y. And, yeah, then we just recorded this hour of – Bliss. Oh, it's so good. It was um Ah, oh, and, and this was it, it 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 ended so much better than it started because when I walked him back down to the car and um I like let him out with the clicker, like of the gate, he wound down the window and he goes, Steel, you've exceeded my expectations. You're a class act. Oh my god! Yeah, I had never heard that part. That's awesome. And then I walked back up to my house with tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you exceeded my expectations. And, and uh, then a couple weeks later, I'm sitting at work, and somebody hands me an envelope that is addressed uh, to me. <laughs> I forgot about I think, this bit. <laughs> I think. What did Steele send me? This is not a package that a shirt is in. And it is the uh, variant cover of the first issue of the Rogue One comic that's done up like a vintage action figure package of Krennic. And it's signed and personalized. And I started to cry. Well, you're my first international listener, Emily. I, he actually loved that cover. He hadn't seen it before. I think he was aiming to get it himself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was quite a good day in podcasting. Quite a good day. Well, it's also just what I loved about this was, I mean, not just the episode itself because it's a great interview, but also seeing everybody's reaction to it. Was so much fun. The, for me, the best bit was that he had fun. Yeah. So I, um, cause yeah, he was, he was a, a damn good sport. He was a damn good sport. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, live call in show 55, listener calls with the Rebels finale and King Tom. Now, what a good dude is King Tom. Another person I've been hashtag blessed with friendship. I went to Ohio for a wedding 
and King Tom's from Ohio and he came out one night to a bar and just hung out and he was just the best dude. What a treat. I love him. I'm really looking forward to meeting him at Celebration. I, uh, he's, he's really good. Then we'll go, oh, we had Robo Report number four. I love these. I always try to have digs at him in the descriptions. Robo is, <laughs> yeah. Robo is back to report on the conclusion to Rebels, take listen to questions, and to critique the Mendo interview. <laughs> Plus, Robo's list of surprises the prequels ruined. <laughs> Some alternate Darth Vader reveal ideas. And was Yoda ever meant to live off Dagobah? Well, that's interesting. Like, I think what we were talking about was in Empire Strikes Back when you saw, like when you just saw the prequels. Like, I just imagine that Dagobah was just where Yoda lived always. Like that was his home planet. Oh, and not like not some place he went off to expect. Just like where the Yoda aliens live. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's where the Yodas yeah. lived because it's it's never he never says he was in exile or anything like in the original trilogy. Yeah, you know, I never I never really thought about it, but I guess I always just sort of assumed that as well. I I love like reviewing stuff like that. Like what you just thought. Like Yeah. I always thought and I guess they ended up being bad, but I always thought the clones were evil. Like I, I, I was quite spoiler free for episode two. And when the clones turned out to be good guys, I was quite shocked during the film. Yeah, because it was always like they talked about the Clone Wars. I always assumed that it was against the clones. I always thought it was against the clones or people were just like, like making copies of themselves to go send off into war. Ooh, like it was, it was like multiple types of clones. Yeah, like people would just like photocopy themselves and go, go fight. Oh, I actually really like that idea. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily for Star Wars, just as like a sort of sci-fi storyline. Hmm. But I, I love, um, I sort of cherish like those like little things that were dropped in in the original trilogy and we just got to like make up what we thought and we just got to be so wrong and it was the best. Well, yeah, there's also, and even, you know, it's like some of the major stuff, like the, the talk about the castle run and, and everybody had ideas of what that was and what it meant. Yeah. I, I sort of, I guess I had to do it, but I don't know. I just sometimes just leave it to the imagination. I don't wanna I don't wanna know what happened to old Mandel. Just leave it be. I yeah, uh, yeah, I I don't wanna get into the, the solo thing too much, but yeah, I could have I could have gone without knowing what the castle run actually was. Mm. I like I like the prediction in the prediction so where someone predicted it wasn't gonna be in there. <laughs> it's like no. I think that was Overly optimistic of what that movie was going to be. Yeah. This is a good one. Episode 164. This is another special one in my heart. Sal Perales and the Rogue Rebels, the first family of Star Wars Rebels fandom. Now, I, you've never met Sal, I imagine. No, I haven't. But I think he is great and I really want to meet him. 
oh my god, this family, they're just the nicest people I've ever met. Like I said um, during the the live show the other day, the prediction review show, Sal was like, like diss someone's prediction. I'm like, oh, Sal, coming, you're the nicest person I've ever met. Coming from you, that's really harsh. But him and Liz are just raising two of the sweetest kids. Like they're my friends as well. Do you know what I mean? Like I just mm-hmm. hang out with them and, and, and talk to them. And, and, and Liz, Sal's wife, is just like – a very inspirational lady. She's just like quite amazing. And they, um, yeah, I just adore the paralysis. I, I, I find it, I, I find it hard that anyone that doesn't have a mental condition could not love the paralysis. They, they're fans in the right way you know they just they have this thing that they love and if other people don't like it that's okay because it's the thing that they love and they're really positive about it and they do good things with it i i just i find them having not met them just like listen to them on podcasts and when they when they had the the video up on whatever those those star wars fan videos that they were they were doing I mean, how do you how do you not love these people? Yeah, and, and like Sal's perspective on Star Wars is is so good because, like you know, like we've all got these little quibbles and all that sort of stuff, and his thing's just like makes my family happy. Yeah. So like whatever, but he 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 knows so much, like. He, but I, he's just like the, the like the names that he can pull out. Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy. But yeah, I um, that's a, like I, it's it's weird going through these episodes. I sort of like like reflect on. Oh my god! Okay, I I got gifted them as a friend. I got gifted that person as a friend, and the the paralysis of like just made us part of their family. They've they've been so sweet, especially around the birth of Harrison and stuff. And yeah, just adore them, adore them. They're the, they're the best. And yeah, I think that episode was really good. I, I was, I, I feel like I did a better job than um, that YouTube video. Just quietly. <laughs> also, I just, I, I really like hearing people who are, really passionate about things that I'm not into. So because I, I I didn't watch Rebels and I wasn't into it, I I love hearing perspective from people who really, really are. Because I'm like, oh, that gives me a, a different perspective on it, and that's awesome. And I, yes, sure, I still don't like the show, but now I understand the appeal of it to other people. Yeah, I, I find that is the biggest problem in star wars fandom and maybe fandom in general but i just talk about what i know is the inability to accept that someone else likes something that you don't or not like something that you do yeah it's this weird thing of you must be lying or you must be getting paid by disney 
Because obviously if I don't like this thing, nobody could actually like it for real. It's it's just bizarre. And and also that whole concept of getting paid, it's like not enough people listen to these podcasts. <laughs> it's just such a drop in the ocean. Like the pe- people that listen, like YouTube's a bit different because people stumble upon it and, and it's short form. But the amount of people that listen to podcasts, it's not like in the scheme of a billion dollars of ticket sales, it's nothing. Like it's, it's so small. It's crazy. But yeah, absolutely adore those guys. They're the best. And like, like with like The Last Jedi and stuff, like I understand why people don't like it. And, mm-hmm. and same with like The Force Awakens. It's like, oh yeah, I can, like I could see why people, like if that was your leaning, why you would not like it. But it, 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 it often seems like people can't, well, you know, the, the people that you hear from that are yelling at you, they can't fathom that someone would have a different opinion to them because they're so right. Well, yes, because obviously whether a movie is good or not is 100% objective, true, you know, black and white fact and not an opinion. Mm. This is interesting. So this is um, one of the Q&A episodes, questions you have, episode 36. Uh, The question is, the main question, the headline question is um so this is like the user like the user the patrons like uh Q&A thing that I answer uh the main question is will Luke return in force ghost form in episode 9 it's funny that that was a question then um i am so relieved that they just announced it yeah like is this such a, I don't know, pointless thing to keep secret? Yeah, I'm. Because I was, I mean, I automatically assumed that that was going to be the case anyway. But it, I mean, it is nice to have it confirmed. It's also just nice to avoid the speculation on that for the next year. So tiring, and it's sort of. Just put us at ease. We want to see him again. Just tell us. And they did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Episode 165, live, Rebels finale reaction, Jenny Nicholson, Kevin Rubio, Sal Perales, Geek Girl Diva, and Jason Ward. Um, This... I feel like for all the reactions, this was the most content. Like people had very varying thoughts on that Rebels finale. Did, so, did you watch the Rebels finale? I, I, th- I think so. <laughs> but because I, I, I had you know previously seen about four episodes of the show, um, I'd honestly like I watched the first episode. No, I watched the first two, and then I watched the one where um, the Darth Maul one. Yep. And then 
There was one other one that I watched because I was going on Bad Motivators and they were going to talk about it. And then I think I watched the finale or I watched the episode before the finale, maybe. But like this was an interesting episode for me. Like, well, not the episode of Rebels, but this episode of the podcast, because I was watching people have very like passionate opinions about something I had like no connection with. Mm. It's weird because you think if Lucasfilm was paying me, they'd chuck in a bit extra to make me like love Rebels as well. Well, maybe that's just like a double bluff on their part. Ah, oh, false flag. That's what it would be. How about this one? This has come up. Struthers Wars Episode 7. Emily Lynn talks about her Star Wars fandom and favorite Steel Wars clips. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was fun to do. Hmm. I mean, it's always fun to talk to Eric. I, um... I love these episodes because it's people saying nice things about my podcast. But um, it's really fun because I, I, I never listen back to the episodes. So when I listen, like Eric will just send me it to put up and I'll listen to it first. Because um, I, 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 I had to tell Eric, I said, dude, you have to be less nice about me. It's too much. <laughs> And so I had to edit it out a bit because it was just, it's just too much. I can't, I can't have that on my feed. You're just being too nice. <laughs> but this was, this was fun for me to do. Oh, like, um, if, if you aren't a Patreon subscriber, one of the things that he does is, is Eric Strathers talks to people who are, who are Patreon supporters, who are fans of the show and sort of goes through their favorite moments. And so I got to do that and it was fun for me because I, I, I tried to dig back to some of the really early ones because because I listened to your uh your your podcast before this one I love Green Gray Letters I had been listening to Steel Wars since episode one and so I went back to to some of the really the old ones when you were just like grabbing your comedian friends and being like hey let's talk about Star Wars for 90 minutes I remember reading someone like going I oh, you won't be able to keep this going past the first few episodes <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think they're, I love the little Struthers Wars episodes because I get to listen to bits of the podcast that are the best bits. So I don't feel bad about myself. <laughs> and then people saying nice stuff most of the time. Well, yeah. And then you also learn what people like about the show. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily you should worry about that too much. Well, no, I just think it's like I as as a listener, I just think it's interesting. Oh, yeah, for other uh, yeah, I thought you meant me. Um because yeah, some people are quite angry that they don't listen anymore because I like the movie. Which is strange. So they'd they'd rather just listen to a podcast that was just like crapping on the moose all the time. What do yeah. they want to listen to? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know how that works. It's it's weird because I've thinking about it, and you know, I, I don't, 
obviously listen to every Star Wars podcast because that's impossible. But I don't know how many... I can't think of any, like, podcasts that I listen to where they're really, like, against The Last Jedi. Like, there's people that, like, like stuff. Like, um, like I know... Um, like the Knights of Rant, who talks first? Like they didn't like Solo, but mm-hmm. it, it. I don't know because someone's this that guy I was talking about the that that like is convinced that I've been lying about um, liking the Last Jedi for a year. He's like, all oh, you podcasters are the same, and it is weird that like I I don't know of any like like real anti podcast like anti the last jedi podcasts but then on youtube it's like it's like the opposite yeah but um but i do know there's a lot of pro you know people say oh yeah do a youtube channel and you know check it out and they're pro or they're just like saying you know they're not like crazy but yeah, definitely YouTube seems to reward um, craziness, and, and and you know people gravitate on YouTube to craziness, and then it just builds a, um, you know, a snowball, and then once I think definitely once people realise that the negativity gets views, they then go that way. Yeah, it it really feeds itself there. But episode 167, I remember recording this one because I was back in Australia and I recorded it in my office in East Brunswick, which was not suited for podcasting, with uh, Annalisa Olfian and her Looking for Leia documentary, which um, I'm not sure when that's meant. I've got to check in with um, Annalisa to see how it's all going. But she was... Yeah, I was thinking about that today. A very, very interesting and smart lady to talk to about Star Wars. Yeah, she was she was really interesting. Like I'm just I'm so interested in this whole project and and the the way she looked at it and the way she looks at at fandom and at Leia and Carrie and it was it was a really good talk. Hmm. One thing that I just looking at the notes, the show notes, um, it says, and why a slave might be more aptly known as a slayer. And that was about. What is that about? Uh, do you know? I don't, I don't remember this. Ah, okay. So it's about how I think the guys at Full of Sith sort of started this, but changing the name of Slave Layer. To hut, mm. hut slayer, layer, and I admittedly, when I first heard of this, was sort of like not for it. It's like oh, we called her slave layer the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, when yeah. the, uh, when the action figure came out, it was called slave layer. That was a huge thing when that figure came out because it was you know when the power of the force two, the, like the modern you know, the nineties line was sort of getting going and like that was one of the dream figures that they brought out. 
And so much so, I remember there was, do you know there used to be action figure magazines? That's really weird, but yes. (laughs) There was three different ones. And it was basically the internet before the internet. I like it, it's weird because we were talking about the um the succord thing and how he was doing the um the showrooms at New York Comic Con, not New York Comic Con, New York Toy Fair, and that was like the the Toy Fair, New York Toy Fair. That coverage would be spread out over three months, but. Like nowadays, it's 15 minutes on the internet. Like all those photos are up instantly. But yeah, each month they'd cover, here's the new Marvel figures, here's the new Batman figures, Star Wars figures, and Spawn. Spawn was massive. McFarlane toys were so big back then. But um, yeah, they had one cover that confused me. I didn't know people customized figures. And there was one cover of like Toy Mart's action figure digest, I think it was. And it had a little diorama of all the vintage Kenner figures, like a Jabba the Hutt throne room. And someone had customized a slave layer. And I didn't have that magazine, but I, it was like in the back issues advertisement in one of the magazines. And I would just mm-hmm. stare at it and go, how is that figure there? How does it exist? <laughs> and I had no one to ask. Like, oh, yeah. I would just look at it and go, was there a slave layer figure? But I, I thought I knew everything about Ken Action. I, it, was, it was so puzzling. But and yeah. There's no Google to ask. Oh, no, my God. How frustrating. I could have asked Jeeves. But yeah, so I, I, I asked her about it. Um, you know, because they wanted to, you know, sort of change the name, like change, I don't know, the perception. And rather than focus on the negative of the outfit that she was a slave, that to focus more on the positive was that was the outfit when she killed Jabba the Heart. And, yeah, it was a really weird thing that, you know, I had this like, you know, like this nerd pride about or something i don't know like well that's how it always was but then when she explained it and i was just like well what difference does it make if people want to call it that like what is it like if people want to frame it in that way it doesn't change the movie yeah and it doesn't it certainly doesn't change your life at all yeah it's yeah it's so sometimes like we cling to this um i don't know this like history of and it's not history it's like it's it's all i don't know it's bizarre but it was it was one of those things that sort of a little bit of a learning experience for your old buddy steel but uh yeah, like I was sort of like I didn't care. Like I wasn't sort of like, you know, ready to protest about it. But then once she sort of explained her thoughts behind it, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Hutzley, yeah, it's fine. But I'm very excited to see that that documentary. Got a few Patreon episodes. Oh, this one's interesting. I like this this title, Making Steel Wars, which we haven't talked about. 
um, that the show I do with Jason Ward from Making Star Wars, which another person I've been gifted as a friend. I just like this this title, <laughs> Making Star Wars Episode Thirteen: Gilroy Gilroys. <laughs> Because remember Tony Gilroy, who was like the essentially the replacement director for Rogue One. Remember he did that podcast yeah. this year and just sort of just talked about how he doesn't like Star Wars and like he just had to come in and fix it. And he just he had none of that. Like you know how they do all those videos, which sort of drive me insane. Of like someone gets a Star Wars license and it's like we love Star Wars. I've got a pop vinyl on my desk so I was born to do this and it's like yeah we all like Star Wars who cares but it was so funny to hear someone that like quasi directed a film go "Eh, you can keep it it's a job yeah (laughs) I got paid five million dollars for eight weeks work it was the best no I kind of I like that I know we get we get really excited when when Star Wars fans are in Star Wars and we were like even we were talking earlier I love like, I love how much details, loves what he does. But at the same time, I also, like, I I really do get a kick when I go back and read some of those old Alec Guinness quotes where he hates it. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I sort of think it's a cool bonus if they love it. And if they don't, if they did their job good, great. And, like... Well, yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, it's... It's their job. It's like you don't have to love every job that you take. Yeah. And like, especially with actors. Yeah. Because if they're good actors, they act like they're in there because they're actors. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Al Guinness is amazing. It's an incredible performance. I do. He doesn't show on screen that he hates it. So that just means he's an even better actor than I thought. He was a bit of a dick about it, though. Oh, yeah, he was. A, well, okay, look, probably you shouldn't, like, lecture little kids about <laughs> how they should never watch the movie again. That was that, bit, That's going a little bit far. That was a bit tough. That was a big tough. Um, there's a Robo report in here, number five, Ring Theory, which... Oh, God damn it. Talking Ring Theory with Robo, that is amazing fun. <laughs> I love it because, I mean, one, I love Robo, but I also, I hate the ring theory. It drives me insane. And so having Robo there to just, like, be the voice of me, <laughs> I, it, it's good. <laughs> um, now, episode 168, live back at the Melbourne Comedy Festival with uh, comedians Alex Frazier and Ben Russell. This was a super fun episode. I remember Alice had come around. She was in LA and she came around to do her podcast with me, Tea with Alice. And after the podcast, or maybe it was in the podcast, but we, she just started like asking me questions about Star Wars. Like she's like, oh, what's this new Thrawn book like? And I'm like, what? She goes, oh, yeah, <laughs> Thrawn. Like I, I love him. And and I'm like, really? And I go, oh, it's really good. There's this character in Eli, one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever, the best. He's the everyman. And so she's like, oh. So she downloaded the audiobook, And then once she landed back in Australia, she like messaged me. And she goes, oh, that was awesome. But I was like so thrilled because I was just like, yes, come do the podcast. Like, 
because I'm always so psyched when there's comedians that are into Star Wars because I'm like, yeah, good guest, good guest. And Ben Russell's oh my God. Jabba the Hutt impression oh my as Sean Connery. There's so many layers to that. <laughs> Just... So good. So good. Yeah. Uh, a- a- interesting uh, fun fact. Uh, someone on YouTube got angry that I laughed at that too much. Well, yeah. I mean, how dare you laugh during a comedy podcast because it's Star Wars and it's very serious business. Um, okay, then there's a questions you have episode for the patrons. Last Jedi questions, but the questions aren't listed. So I must have been... Oh, I, can, I like it how I can read between the lines. I think my voice is giving out. <clears throat> um, there's no show notes. It just says... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Over 20 really good The Last Jedi listener questions answered. <laughs> but it's telling that I say 20. That's code for like... I can't type out 20 questions for these show notes. I'm not sure if anyone even checks them. So, I, I like that you specified they were really good questions, though. <laughs> now, this episode, this is another one of my little gifts that I've received. Episode 169, Hong Kong Star Wars. Raymond talks about our whirlwind Star Wars tour and Hong Kong fandom. So, on the way back from um oh there's a story behind this actually that i don't think i've ever told that so i was in melbourne for the comedy festival and then jackie was coming to australia for work so she works in america but she had to go to australia and we timed it all so we could meet in indonesia in the middle to go to jackie's cousin's wedding they were having um, their wedding there, which mm-hmm. these these destination weddings, I don't know, guys. I don't know. But anyway, we were up for it. We had booked our tickets and we we're going. Then, and we were still secret on the um, pregnancy because this is very early. April is, you know, it's only a few months in. Yeah. And then we realised that you can't, it's very ill-advised if you're pregnant to go to Indonesia. Oh. Because if you get bit by a mosquito, you could like give your child like, you know, like, I can't remember what you could get, but it wasn't good. Oh, but no, that was like right around that, like that was the big like scare. Like, yeah. Yeah. So we had to... um I had to ring Jackie's cousin and go, 
I just have to tell you a secret. <laughs> and, and, and so she was like one of the first people to know because I had to tell her why we couldn't go to the wedding. So I had um, this time to burn and this credit with the airline. So I was like, I'll just go to Hong Kong and just go there for three days and see what happens. And I originally I'd planned to not even get a hotel and then I was like, that is a dumb idea. That's insane. <laughs> Wait, what, what are you talking about? You're not going to get for three days? Well, you, you can hire little beds and stuff. Oh, my God. And then I was like, oh, maybe I, I'll hate. And then I ended up like, I, I what happened was I, I tweeted out, is anyone in Hong Kong? that knows about Star Wars stuff, like that knows about the nerd spots. And Raymond tweeted me, um, he's a, like a Hong Kong native, and he said, oh, yeah, I listen to your podcast and, you know, I, you know, I can tell you places to go. And then he just went above and beyond and took the day off work and planned out this tour for me. And I, I, I admittedly, I was a bit nervous about meeting someone that I'd never met before and they were going to guide me around for the one full day I had. But he met me in the morning at about maybe about eight in the morning. By the time I said goodbye to him at like, it must have been like 11 that night. It was like, oh my God, I, I, I felt like I knew him for 10 years. Oh, that's so cool. And I just, I remember... All sorts of cool pictures you would post from that. Oh, he took me to like Hong Kong is just such a, an amazing place and like like bootleg toys and then, you know, the hot toys have got their showroom there and oh, I wanna see that so badly. There's SH figure arts everywhere and I, I was like so I love bootleg like and because of um the suck lord, I was especially high on it. I got just some amazing bootleg Black Series figures that are so bad. Ah, uh, that, that that's the best. There's one that I couldn't work out why for a little while and then I sussed it out. There was a Chewbacca and there's a button on his chest and he lights up. There's a little light that lights up. I was like, this is so weird. And then I looked at parts of him and parts of him are Chewbacca and other parts of him are Groot. That's amazing. Like his chest is Groot, but then his head's Chewbacca. It's the best. And Anakin Skywalker, there's like a um, like a Revenge of the Sith Anakin Skywalker, and he just he looks like he's been doing a lot of meth. Am I? I'm a bit worried. <laughs> but so amazingly bad. And if you, if if you want to find. A bootleg supreme bag. Oh my god, Hong Kong. They've got you covered. It was <laughs> Yeah, I, I just just seeing what things people bootlegged. Oh, I tell you what drove me insane though, was there was all like skate brands like Supreme and Thrasher bootlegged. And it drove me up the wall that they'd bootleg the logo but not have the perspective the right way. Like it would be, they'd stretch the logo in a weird way that you could tell it was bootleg. And it was like, just, just keep it the right, like, because I've just got like such a, 
like I love t-shirt graphics and stuff and you're obsessive about it. Yeah. Yeah. And just like when, like, cause when I do the, like the, you know, the, the parody t-shirts for steel wars, like for the Supreme one that we did that says the force, like I went into a reseller shop and measured how far apart all the letters were, how far apart, like they were from the edge of the box and like it was all so important to me. And then to go there and they've just got it stretched like, <laughs> oh, so bad. It just, but Raymond was like just a, a gift. Like, like, like this is what Star Wars is about is like going to another country and getting an instant great friend because you watch the same movie. Yeah, just being able to tweet out, hey, I'm going to be in this country I've never been to before. Not, you know, like if I were if I were going to Australia, I already know lots of people in Australia. But the fact that it could just be somebody who happens to listen to your podcast, who lives over there, who you don't know at all, that's that's really cool. Oh, the best dude. And the scary thing was that after the day, I realized that if Raymond didn't help me out, my day would have sucked. Like, oh yeah, I wouldn't have been able to find all this stuff. It would have been brutal. But ah, oh, I don't know if we talked about. It. I think we talked about it on the podcast. But he did a test tour before I got there. What? Oh my god! Seriously? Yeah. So he did the route. He worked it out. What a sweetheart. The best. The best. And he's going to be at Celebration. Oh, that's cool. So um, we'll be hanging out with him. He's uh, the best. The best. Um, Oh, my God. I love this bit of the show notes. We get deep on Yoda and find out why he's waiting 10 years before casting judgment on The Last Jedi, even after already seeing it 50 times. Oh my god! What else? Got a few more questions. There's Struthers Wars here with Darren Luchner, who's a great supporter of the podcast in Melbourne. Darren's um, a good guy. Yeah. Oh, this is another one from the comedy festival because I banked a couple. Um, this is a really um, this is a really fun episode. Episode one seventy live. Best and worst original prequel oh best and worst original and prequel star wars trilogy scenes with sans pants radio and michael shanks and that was i remember laughing a lot those guys are so funny yeah that that was a good one the the guy shows generally have a really good energy to them but especially during the comedy festival yeah it's uh it's good i um I miss all the crew that I see there all the time. Uh, I've got Ep 171. This one's a special one. Episode 171, the spoiler-free solo world premiere episode. Jackie and I recount the super fun solo world premiere in Hollywood, give our spoiler-free impressions of the film, and tell tales from the star-studded after party. And um, that 
marks the first time we uh, released to the public that um, we were expecting Harrison. That's right. Because you you announced that you had, you had smuggled in a third person with your tickets to the yeah. premiere. <laughs> hmm. So, um, yeah, that was that was a really fun night. A really a a, a dream come true to uh, go to a Star Wars premiere. Um, funnily enough, not because of the podcast. Really. Yeah, it was through um, Australia, through Studio 10. Oh, that makes sense. Because you've uh, done stuff with them before. Yeah, and so I just um, messaged the lady that I dealt with for other stuff and said, hey, can I um, – because people are like, oh, you're nice about these films so you get to go to premieres and it's like, oh, you don't know how things work. The people that get me to go to that stuff don't even know I do a podcast. (laughs) Like, because why would they care about a podcast? Well, they take they 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 do like invite podcasts there, but uh, that's not how I go. Like, yeah, like I don't really necessarily think, um, you know, people at Lucasfilm hold my podcast in high regard because I say what I think, (laughs) and it's yeah, whatever. Um. Then we had a few episodes of reactions that we filmed that night. Uh, episode 173, another really fun one, live solo reaction back at Scum and Villainy with Kyle Newman, Anthony Bresican, Maud Garrett, Jennifer Lander, and Hawes Burkhart, who killed it. He was so funny. Yeah, I love Hawes. Um, and also, I always, I always wait a few weeks after the movies, before I listen to any reaction podcasts. Really? You are a lot different than the general public because there's nothing causes a download spike like a new film. Oh, see, I, I want to sit with my own opinion for a while because what if other people have the wrong opinion? <laughs> but but no, I, I do. I like to, I like to, to sit with it and have everything solidified in my head and then go, okay, I want to know what Steele thinks about this. I want to know what, what Hawes thinks about this. I want to know, you know, what Johnny Grasso thinks about this. Like, but I need, I need like a week or two to sit with it. Hmm. Yeah. I was, once I've seen it once, then I want to consume everyone's opinions and then maybe use that and then go see it like with that in mind of things I might've missed and stuff. But, um, yeah, I can't wait to start listening to people's podcasts. Um, this is – sometimes I name these – I do good sometimes, particularly with the Robo ones. Robo Report Episode 7, <laughs> titled The 12 Stages of Cameo Grief. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that mall thing at the end – it drove Robbo insane. Man, he hated it even more than I hated it. And I hated it. <laughs> oh, man. And then a new little era started. We had the Hyper Chat, episode one, 
with um, Alex from Star Wars Explained and Molly. Uh, should Star Wars creators call out hostile fans? And that was a little talk show that we did for a little bit in the lounge room. But I quickly realized after doing it that turning your lounge room into a studio with so many cords going everywhere for all the live streaming was not going to work with a, uh, a newborn child. Yeah, that seems the exact opposite of what you need when you have a, a small baby in your mm. apartment. Because it was stressful enough setting it up every week or every second week with no child. And like now, like, and, and, you know, full disclosure, it's unbelievable how happy this little boy makes me. It's, it's, it's almost pathetic after years of listening to, (laughs) no, because you know, you listen to like, oh, you just, you just don't know what it's like to be a parent. And it's like, yeah, good. Great, sure. But it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, um, yeah, but I, I realized um, it's would not work. Like, like, yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Like, just setting up this mic for tonight was stressful. <laughs> it's just like... like I, I, like it was, it was hard to remember where all the plugs got plugged into. But um, yeah, so I've, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I, we might just sort of do it at Geeky Tees a bit more because doing that one the other day with the um, the panel and the. Um, like the desk and stuff. Like that was so fun. I, I just want a desk, Emily. I know you do because you want to be Letterman. Desperately. Yeah. Got to work on the beard. But. Well, he didn't have a beard when he was on TV. Oh, I know. But now, like when I think about Letterman now, I think of retirement Letterman and his crazy woodsman hobo beard. Yeah. It was weird when I was editing the video and I could. I was just looking at myself and I'm like, look at me. I'm so happy behind that desk. I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think, I don't know. There's something, there's something about that format that, that really works. And I, as stupid as it sounds, I think the desk helps. The desk is good. It, it, it makes you feel in control. People can't see my legs. <laughs> Once people can see your legs, you're exposed. Very unprofessional. People can see your legs. Mm. Yeah, the the desk. It's it's a game changer. It's changed my whole outlook. Well, I think we're just so programmed for what that desk means. <laughs> That oh now you're walking no but no it means like now you're watching the talk show, and here is the host and then over here are the guests who are legs totally exposed. Yeah, it's because you're the one in control. I tell you what, one thing I hate 
is stools in live shows. And I know a lot of podcasts use them, but I always ask for no stools. I want seats with backs because I want to be able to laugh without worrying I'm going to fall off the stool. Yeah, stools seem awkward. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, then we had is Making Steel Wars, episode 174, Details Returns, Solo's Quay Tolt site takes us behind the scenes. So that's more just glorious Star Wars chat from, oh, we did a video version of that one as well. That's um, hard working of me. Good, good, good for me. <laughs> good for me. And there's another hyper chat with Sal and Space Jess, which is super fun. What else? Of- this just for the, okay. This one I think just for the what a whirlwind year we've had in Star Wars news. This making Steel Wars episode fifteen has the rumored Kenobi film been postponed. <laughs> I think it has. Like here's just a thing that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, what about the next episode of Making Steel Wars, episode 16, Moss Eisley film, question mark, exclamation. <laughs> that was one of the weirdest, like, little breaking news bits is, here's a movie that nobody ever knew was ever going to be made that is no longer being made. Yeah. So bizarre. Else we got? We've got a bunch of bonus Patreon shows. Hyper chat number three. Um, oh, with Jason Ward and Courtney Everett. Now, Courtney Everett from Who Talks First. Another absolute gem that um, I got to be friends with through the podcast. I actually just started listening to it. No, I met her in the line at um, at Jimmy Kimmel. And oh, okay. Then we followed each other and then I saw that she had a a, um, a podcast and very became a fan of it quite a bit. So I uh, love doing stuff with her and Jason, whatever. Yeah, screw that guy. The um, – what things do we talk about here? It says George on the EU. George Lucas's opinions on the EU and whether the Legends books can still be enjoyed today. Interesting. Uh, there's a Struthers Ward episode nine. Andy Campbell talks about his Star Wars fandom. Love Andy Campbell. Robert Report episode nine for patrons. Robert goes to Japan. Ah, this is a good one. Not that all the other ones aren't, but I, I, the live ones always mean a lot more to me. Mm-hmm. Because there's such an like, like an effort. I don't mean like a miserable effort, but at the end of it, I'm always just like, oh my god, that worked out. People don't. <laughs> like, people pe- liked it. Yeah, or I, I guess people don't. Like, there's nothing planned. <laughs> yeah. So at the end, when people. Because people always like, even the other day with the um, the prediction show, Randy texted me uh, the next day and he said, oh, how'd the show go? And I go, I don't know yet because I haven't listened back. Like, I just remember the bad things that happened. 
like just like little tiny things like yeah. miss saying a word or something and that's all I remember and then I listen back and then I sort of get more comfortable with what happened. But um, episode 178, live with Reese Nicholson and Kyron Wheatley, which they're two very beloved friends who actually moved to Melbourne pretty much the day I left Melbourne. So take that for what you will. Um, then there's a Jooklyn Strikes Back episode. Listeners suggested baby names. It <laughs> was quite the list. Not very good. I still think Content Saunders is pretty good. By the way, that's that's the way Brittany and I refer to him all the time when we're talking to each other. And yes, we do talk about your son. Uh, a little content. Um, and oh yeah, and Jackie had just seen Is Air Force One one of the best films ever made? She'd never seen Air Force One. And it's good, man. It's a good movie. It's real good. It's real good. Uh, and then we hit the Comic-Con um, podcast, which, yeah, I don't – actually, yeah, I like all the different types of shows I do. But I kind of – I love the blog pods. I like them all. I like the live ones. I like the interviews. But, yeah, the blog pods are – I don't know. There's something. It's just what happens. Yeah. Like, that's the funny bit of it. But, yeah, I don't know. I just like that it's it's an adventure. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah, we had such a good Comic-Con this year. We had the, the Clone Wars 10th anniversary panel, which ended in tears for all the right reasons. For uh, for Corey Van Dyke and I, bless him. This year, because you know Corey would be at um, the Making Star Wars podcast and stuff, and I remember we talked about when he came on the podcast. He did his interview episode, but like when he was first there, I think we were both looking at each other, just like, "Oh, what's this dude about?" <laughs> And then over doing a few episodes, I sort of, I, I began to really come around to his like bizarre take on things. And like, he, he's actually quite funny, but during Comic-Con, we really bonded. We like, we became really good friends and we're just, we're so different. Yeah. That we just compliment each other. I guess, you know, because we both have an interest in this same movie and we, like, we're always asking, because we, like, look at it so differently. We're constantly, oh, what do you think about this? Oh, did you, what did you think when you first saw this sort of thing? But, yeah, we um, we became quite a little um, couple during Comic-Con. We'd go off and make our little videos at booths and stuff. It was, it was really cool. And it was really cool to hang out with um, Dom from the Star Wars Underworld to have him um, come and, and stay with us in the apartment. And I always get a little bit um, – I am so sentimental because um, it's always like my anniversary of having Star Wars friends, Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, for people that like didn't listen back then, when I went to like the Force Awakens year, 
2015 and I didn't have like Star Wars friends, which is quite strange. Like I had friends that liked Star Wars but weren't into it mm-hmm. like I was. And like I couldn't I, – I, I don't know. When I – I remember going onto the force.net, the, like the Jedi Council forums and sort of getting, I guess, gatekept or something. Just I don't know. It just wasn't fun, and I was like, "Oh, okay." People like other Star Wars fans are just different about it than me. I guess like serious, like too serious for my take. But then you know when I got to, I, I remember this like one distinct thing when we're in the line overnight for um the the Force Awakens panel, and it was like sunset. And we're on this, like, next to the line was this grassy knoll. And so, you know, you're in a line, it's sort of pretty mellow, nothing's moving. So people were just sitting on the grass. And I remember, like, standing around in a circle and people were talking about, I can't remember what the subject was, some Star Wars thing, but people were talking about Star Wars things. Mm-hmm. And I was tripping out. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm surrounded by people talking about Star Wars in a way I want to talk about it. This is crazy. And yeah, it was it was such a weird experience, especially considering my life now. That um that's all I'm surrounded by. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you talk about it, you mean people at Comic Con, but really like I found my quote unquote my Star Wars friends because of your podcast. Because I start, and and then through like the other making Star Wars network podcasts. Is that sort of how I've met all of these people who I now consider really good friends of mine. And it's it's one of the reasons I am as 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 dumb as it might sound, I'm I'm very I'm very protective of your podcast and I'm very protective of you because like you're the reason I have this great thing in my life. Hmm. I um, have not been sappy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sentimental, but I can't handle it directed towards me. I get, yeah, I get very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's honestly it's part of the reason I like to tell you is because I like to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, so that was a really good um, Comic Con. It was it was really really fun. Um, this little, and I love getting like all the different like just bumping into someone and going. Do you want to record it? Like, do you want to record a segment? Like, I, I'm I'm full like press guy with the little hat on. Like, oh man, what a scoop! But um, because I'm seeing episodes here with Brian Young and Lacey from Star Wars Newsnet. Uh, it was cool to hang out with those guys. Um, and some good Comic-Con After Darks for the patrons this year, I thought. It's it's always interesting to hear the antics that y'all get up to. Like this year's After Darks were good, but I don't think anything can top that one. I think it was last year with Katie McCourt. She just... <laughs> you guys were so drunk. <laughs> oh, my God. I, that was just... That was a ripper. And, and and again, like, we'd never met. And she was just like, 
Star Wars. And um, yeah, she's a great bud. She's she's such a champ now. She was a champ then, but I didn't know about it. But yeah, it's um, that was really cool. Um, then ah, oh, and it ended with that Funko Star Wars interview where um, Corey, who had been just being a real sad sap about not getting his Cad Bane pop. I organized for Mark from Funko to give him one. And that was a magic moment. That was a magic moment. That was really good. Mm. Uh, there's a hyper chat with Jermaine from io9 and Joseph Scrimshaw. Another hyper chat with Amy Ratcliffe and Courtney Everett. Um, good one. Oh, this was a very topical uh, Q&A. Uh, episode 40 of questions you have answers I give for patrons the Ewok Mount Rushmore <laughs> I remember that one where listeners would submit their their top four Ewoks that should be on the Ewok Mount Rushmore what this is the thing about the podcast Emily we're not afraid to um hit up the big issues we're not afraid yeah, like what other what other podcast out there is handling these important, important questions? Now, I don't often want to go back and listen to stuff, but I want to listen to this one, the Robber Report Episode 9 on the Patreon feed. This is the description. Robbo gives an amazing line reading of Luke Skywalker's Episode 9 dialogue. <laughs> Well, the rest of it is also good because it's talks carry and dryly relax to the return of the Clone Wars. And Robbo dryly reacts is honestly the alternative name to the Robert Report. <laughs> ah, the best. And then a new show debuts, the Star Wars Year by Podcast with uh, Hawes from Blue Harvest and I going through the Star Wars year by year book and sort of riffing on all the the star wars history which because we do it in video as well is the hardest podcast that i do to make but it's you create a lot of extra work for yourself yeah i know but it's so fun it's so fun um what else is there? Another making Star Wars, a hyper chat with Emma Fyth and Araj, two champs. Um, I got to do that thing at Geeky Tees. I, I miss, I, I need a desk. Yeah, it's good that way. Also, I, the thing I remember about that hyper chat is how nervous Araj was. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. He did a great job. But he was very nervous. He's a very, um, very studious podcaster. He, um, his wife Lorena was telling me how long he, he spends editing the podcast. And I was, I was like, going, dude, you can't do that. You got you got to get a workflow going, mate. You've got, you got some time crunches coming up and you got to, you got to go live to tape. Uh, oh, this episode I, I really like, and it was a little bit controversial. People have different opinions about this guy, but I love him dearly. Um, episode 183 
the Phantom Editor responds to Ahmed Best with Mike J. Nichols. Oh yeah, that was that was a really fascinating one because this was after um, Best to come out to talk about just how deeply he had been affected by all of the the hate that was directed towards him for Jar Jar. Yeah, and I don't know, I guess, yeah, the description is, in the early 2000s, the Phantom Edit was the most hyped VHS tape in Hollywood. The purpose of the edit, according to the creator, Mike J. Nichols, was to make a much stronger version of the Phantom Menace based on the previous execution and philosophies of film storytelling and the editing of George Lucas. Um... Recently, ah, whilst to the casual Star Wars viewer, the difference to the film might be unnoticeable. Many in the media misleadingly sensationalized the underground tape to have totally edited out Jar Jar Binks. Recently, Ahmed Best on his Exceptional Field Notes YouTube series spoke out about the hurt the edit caused him. Uh, the Phantom Edits creator, Mike J. Nichols, returns to the podcast to discuss Ahmed's recent comments on the landmark fan edit and look at fan discourse and criticism then and now. The My one regret for this one was he's a little bit nasty about Jar Jar Binks in the opening crawl. And I didn't bring oh. that up. I, 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 oh, just, okay. I just missed bringing that up. Because um, I like... like for, for 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 an episode like that, I will have notes. Like I will have, mm-hmm. th- like I'll, I'll I'll write things down that I want to make sure I get to. But then, when you're doing it, sometimes you know you jump around and you miss stuff, and I I I, I do regret not asking him in that to get his opinion about it because. I, you know, like his, like the way Ahmed Best sort of took it as a slight to Ahmed Best, like I don't, I don't think that was Mike's intention, but I, I think in the opening crawl he did sort of have a few um, easy shots at him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, like I said, I don't, I don't think it was – like I'm, I'm going out of my way to make I'm at best like feel bad about this. I think it wasn't, it wasn't even on his 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 radar that mm. it would be something that would become this big of a deal. But at the same time, you go, okay, well, maybe that is something that people need to think about. Yeah, and and, and definitely compared to like. You know, like the Last Jedi, you know, editing out women out of the, out of the, uh, ep- like it's, it wasn't done with this, like malicious intent. No. But um. But you know, like piled on top of everything else. Yeah, it doesn't help. It'd be, it'd be hard to not take that personally. Mm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I don't know, I just, I don't see this much on the internet, which is not surprising, but I always, like, people taking each other for, like, the worst case scenario at what they mean. 
rather than the best case or it could mean this or it could mean that. Oh, yeah, every, everything is always n- meant in the most negative light you could possibly take it in. Yeah, and let's, you know, form a mob and, and go after them straight away. Uh, then, oh, this is, this is the best title I've ever come up with. Um, so I'll, I'll, this is for the Robo Report, episode 10. I'll, I'll read the description first, then I'll say the title. Um, more, light, more lighthearted bickering about Star Wars. Will the Kylo Ren force back scene ever be explained? When was it? Plus resistance thoughts, best sound effects, favourite 90s content. Is Luke definitely dead? And Robo admits to cheating on the Steel Wars Patreon. But the title was the Robo Report episode 10, The Knights of Wen. I love how proud of yourself you are. Robbo messaged me and said, great title. Ooh, Robbo seal of approval. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, there's another Struthers Wars with Ryan Dassing. Um, and then we hit a cool part of the year, which was my um, trip to Lucasfilm for solo again for all the conspiracy theorists (laughs) i went there to record a um a segment for tv back home on a uh, a major network's morning tv show and it just so happens i do a star wars podcast they don't a likely story they don't they don't they don't they're not flying people up to san francisco to do podcast interviews guys I'm just very good at parlaying. I, I tell you actually where I got the idea. I used to listen to this um, podcast very early on before I started doing a podcast called The Strip. And it was a couple living in Las Vegas and it was two guys and one of them was a reporter for like a local radio station or newspaper but he would cover all the things going on in the strip, like on, on the Vegas strip. And he would interview owners of the casinos. He'd interview Steve Wynn now and then, you know, when a new show would come to town. And so he was doing all these interviews for his job. And then he used the audio to make this podcast with his husband. And I was sort of like, ah, okay, that's interesting that he's found this in to get, like mm-hmm. all this, you know, to talk to Steve Wynn and stuff like that. And, yeah, that, that always um, – I remembered that strategy and I use it all the time. You're really, you're really good at it. I think it's, it's, it really is a skill. The, 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 you, the, the skill of parlaying. Well, no, but it is. Yeah. And, and not only, but no, but, like, you get people to talk to you and you get people to want to talk to you and that's – useful if you're doing a podcast in which you're interviewing people <laughs> i've written some great emails over the years emily but um yeah and and again to to go to luke's film was definitely a uh, a dream come true i still want to go to skywalker ranch that's that might be a more difficult parlay 
I'm going to do it, Emily. I'm oh, gonna, I have faith in you. I'm going to do it. I always find that uh, like, like, because that's the original sort of home base or, or the main one for so many years. And like Lucasfilm was dope, but I don't know. The hallowed turf of Skywalker Ranch. I'd definitely be stealing some grass. Like, <laughs> how could you not? Why wouldn't you? Huh? What's your problem? What's my problem with you? I have no problem with you stealing grass, Steel. That's you can go steal all the grass you want. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. It was weird at um the because I've got you know this bizarre nerd OCD at the Lucasfilm gift shop. You know they've got all this exclusive merchandise and stuff, and they had some a few Skywalker Ranch things. And, and but it, you weren't at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, I know. That's why I couldn't buy it. I agree with that decision. Yeah, that's right. And it was tough as well because there actually wasn't that much stuff in the, um, like the, whatever the gift shop that I liked. Because I've got, like, certain rules about things I wear and stuff, and. A lot of the exclusive stuff didn't suit me. So I was like, oh, that Skywalker Ranch stuff's pretty good, but I haven't been there, so I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. But, um, yeah, episode 184, Justin Bolger, uh, Lucasfilm's social media strategist, who's actually moved on now. He's now does stuff for, what's it called? ILM X-Lab. So same, same parent company. But, um, yeah, Justin is an absolute legend of a guy who I started listening to on the Force cast and just a real good dude, just a solid, good dude, very, very wise. But it was, um, it was really fun to um, interview him in a way that was interesting and wouldn't lead to him losing his job. Good to not get people fired with your podcast. No, but it was a really fun challenge to like ask him questions that were interesting and not too. But that he could answer. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really like, yeah. Interviewing is so fun. I love it. Um, so that was super fun. And there's a Star Wars Dubai podcast doing 1914 to 1970. We covered in that episode. Uh, there's a hyper news. Ah, and there's an episode 185 with Bethany Lacina. The Washington Post breaks down Star Wars Twitter. So that was all about um, how the Washington Post, she did an article in the Washington Post titled Who Hates Star Wars for Its Newfound Diversity? Here are the numbers. They analyzed thousands of Star Wars fan tweets. Um, I'm still in shock that people deny that this happens. I I mean, at, at that point, you're so embedded in your hatred and your conspiracy theories that nothing's going to convince you, even actual statistical data. Hmm. 
Um, then there's a couple of Hypen users. Oh, there's one John Kasdan solo notes. Which, oh man! Wow, oh, that was with that was with Katie McCourt. Um, yeah, those notes. Some of them were good, but yeah, I I remembered uh, we we talked about them for quite a bit on the Cantobite Dispatch. I may have gone off a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, some of them I was like, just don't talk about it, John. Let it go, son. Yeah, I feel I feel he should do that a lot. It's not talk about things. <laughs> um, this is interesting. So there's a bunch of news ones. Um, oh, this is because this is like almost around the birth. So the interview episode's got a bit light. Um, but an interesting hyper news show was uh, Bob Iger when he said the buck stops here, and when he um took the blame for the timing of Solo, which I admired. There's there's there's, there's things I admire about Bob Iger. There's things I don't, but that I gave the thumbs up to. Yeah, I think I think it's good. When you can just be like, yeah, I screwed that up. It's my fault. Hmm. And boy, did he screw that up. Yeah, he really, really did. The, um, yeah, fascinating to think if Solo came out in December. But, um, had to leave it open for Mary Poppins, which is Mary Poppins doing well or. Pretty? Pretty well, I think. Yeah. It's not doing great, though. No. But I've heard mostly positive things about it. People seem to enjoy it. Yeah, but enjoying and making a billion bucks, they're different, Emily. Yeah. (laughs) But I still want to go see Mary Poppins. See that table? The original table's back. Did you know that? I may have heard it mentioned once or twice. Okay, nice. Still not over it. Still not over it. <laughs> then, oh, we did it. I, I actually totally forgot we did this. Jason, Randy, and I did a commentary of Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't. It's one of the few episodes that I haven't listened to because I haven't rewatched Solo. How dare you? Um. Then... A very special episode with Corey Van Dyke, Growing Up Clone Wars. And really good. Yeah, that was that was a ripper. That was so fun. And yeah, I always Yeah. The live ones and, and the friend makers, I always like go, oh, they're, they're very special to me. Um the some hyper news. Ah, oh, <laughs> this is a good title. Um for the patrons, Jukland Strikes Back, Episode 5, Resistance and Baby Reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Resistance gets the first mention. Yeah, then we review a human. <laughs> um, ah, this one. Very bizarre. Episode 187, Ray Park, Darth Maul Returns. And that was part of my... Um, sort of trip for TV to do 
the interview with Darth Maul, Ray Park. I was actually meant to do it. I did it in LA. I was meant to do it in San Francisco on that same like time I went up for when I did the thing with Justin. But he um, he'd injured himself doing some sort of lightsaber demonstration, so he wasn't there. So I did it like a couple of weeks later in LA. And that's when we had the lightsaber battle, which I'm not sure. I'm, I must have talked about it on the podcast. I, I, I totally destroy the crutch of my jeans <laughs> while fighting Darth Maul on television. Can I ask, do you still have those jeans? Yes, they're folded okay. up in my bottom drawer. They're my Darth Maul jeans. That dude, like, I, I think I was like, I hadn't really heard him talk much. And because Darth Maul was such a badass, I, I was sort of, I wasn't sure, like, I thought he'd be a bit more. And because he's so, like, like he's a muscly dude that knows the dark arts of karate or something. But he could not have been nicer. Oh, that's good. He, I mean, like, he seemed that way in the interview, but I'm glad to know yeah, that. Yeah, like, he wasn't, like, like some – I thought he was going to be more bro-y. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. But he he was just such a – like, a gentle, kind dude and and just just a passionate, like, Star Wars fan and, and the whole thing and so appreciative of the experience. Yeah. Big fan. Big well, yeah, fan. Andy. I mean, you got to be in a lightsaber battle with Darth Maul. That's pretty good. But something always has to happen. <laughs> it's just, yeah, the ripped jeans. Oh my god! Hey, man, like you could have like ripped your jeans in a stupid way, like getting into a taxi cab or something. No, you ripped your jeans. Fighting Darth Maul. Thanks, Emily. I feel better about it now. <laughs> um, Embarrassing yourself deeply in front of Darth Maul. Yes. Ah, this is a good Patreon bonus. The Last Jedi commentary with details. Did you listen to that one at least, Emily? <laughs> yes, because I like that movie and I rewatch it. Ah. Yeah, it was so cool to hang out with D. And that was that was I was talking about the start before. It's like it was so weird when we realized this is only the second time we've ever hung out in person. But um, we've, we've talked on the internet so many times. Then back to the normal shows episode one hundred and eighty eight, uh, Industrial Light and Magic with Rob Bredow, who's the head of ILM, and I think he was the first guest announced for Star Wars Celebration, and Beth Damato, who were both awesome. This one was really hard because. I was recording for TV but realized only like two minutes of it possibly could be used for TV. And so I wanted oh. – so then I was like, I need some good stuff for the po- – because like, they're different questions. Yeah. Like, you know, for a morning TV show, the, the questions are very broad. But then for a Star Wars nerd podcast, like I want to – you know, you want to get in. You want to know about that dint on the Millennium Falcon. I want to know about it now. Uh, yeah, they don't care about that so much when they're watching 
the morning news shows. Yeah, because I send the footage back, and I you know have notes of like ideas for edits and things they should look out for and stuff. And I was like, oh, most of this you won't be able to use. But at, at this this timestamp and this timestamp, this is really good. They actually did um, – whoever edited it at Studio 10 is a big Star Wars fan because they did an amazing job editing that with – like when we are talking about the prequels and they had like shots edited in from the prequels and stuff. There was – Nice. There was some TLC done with that considering, right – Australian TV does not have the best history. When 60 Minutes Australia did an article about Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, I can't remember which. You know how there's like when they introduce the story and the guy's talking and then there's a like they're in the studio and then there's a graphic for the story they're about to throw to? Uh huh. They just grabbed an image off the internet and it was like a fan image of like potential casting and Leonardo DiCaprio was Anakin Skywalker. On six, oh, my God. On 60 Minutes, 7.30 Sunday night. <laughs> That's so good. So the fact that they edited in an image of the Naboo Royal Starship landing while uh, Beth was talking about the effects she worked on in the prequels. I was like, that's quite an achievement. Quite an achievement. Episode 189, following on from that, Industrial Light and Magic with Amasa Narita, who um, did a lot of modeling for the Falcon, and he was an absolute delight and an amazing model. I, I just don't know how like people are born, right, Emily? Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this? I, I've heard a little bit about it. And we all start the same, little babies. I don't see how people that were born on the same planet as me have the skills and the patience to paint a model, yet I would put my fist through it within about four minutes. How do they get to be that talented and patient? I, I don't know. Like there are people who can play the piano and I watch them play the piano and I go, I, I, again, like I have one lesson and I don't sound like a professional pianist. And so I get super annoyed and stop doing it. Hmm. That's probably bad mentality. (laughs) The um, oh, there's a making Steel Wars with Jason episode twenty. Almost everything we know about the Tatooine film, which is very informative. I love grilling Jason about Star Wars information he knows. It's, it's very fun. Um, and this is interesting. Um, well, not interesting, but just a a landmark moment in Star Wars news. Hyper News episode thirteen. The Cassian Disney series is announced. Yeah. Oh, you were on this one. That was on the one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't it was even fun. see that. <laughs> but uh, what a day. Cassian series out of nowhere. He he does like to drop the news just <laughs> in shareholder calls, I guess. Bobby I. What a champ. 
What a champ. Uh, then there's Star Wars Year by Year, the first episode. Oh, no, this is an after show. Ah, oh, yeah, we do the after show. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> I love that you do an after show to your Patreon show. Well, it's so people can ask questions. I, I, I know. I understand the purpose of it. I just think it's amazing that you do a bonus to your bonus shows. Yeah, which reminds me I've got to do one for the next episode. Um, and then episode 190, Scum and Villainy Cantina behind the bar with JC Reifenberg, which was super fun because JC and I have very different views on The Last Jedi. And I, I do love that I've been tormenting him all this time by podcasting in his bar and he can't jump in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I felt like him getting to say his piece in, fair. was very cathartic for him. And like that's this is how it should be. Just just two fans sharing different views without all the the dribble. Um a hilarious hyper news um headline Simon Pegg Mrs. George. Yeah. I have a question. I have an answer. Do we care what Simon Pegg thinks about things? And I say this, I like Simon Pegg. I think I'm done caring about what Simon Pegg decides he thinks about Star Wars that day. And then 20 articles are written about it. Yeah, I I, I see why the 20 articles are written because... The internet needs to be filled, and he's a famous talk person talking about a beloved film franchise. I, I'm interested in what he has to say, but because he's famous, it doesn't like make his opinion like more or less. Like mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I don't know. There's these like people in fandom and that when they it's like well they said it so it has to be it's gospel and it's like or your opinion yeah (laughs) but um yeah i I did find it funny i i tell you what simon Pegg that i um admired was that he um he came out and said he regretted all the stuff he said about the prequels like in light of Ahmed Best's um, yeah. video and and also how um, Kelly Marie Tran had been treated and he, he sort of thought he was part of that culture. And I um, – it's I, – there's, there's nothing I admire more than people acknowledging they're wrong and admitting to it and – trying to make it right i think that's um a, a bit of a jedi trait if you will emily mm, yeah no i think i think okay maybe you've you've brought me around on this a little bit because i think i think that is true i think that's important to yeah have people say yeah i was i was i was really impressed and and also give people a chance to do that as well yeah you know, and, you know, people, oh, but he said that, he said that. And it's like, yeah, but 
he's grown as a person. He's had new information. He's had new experiences. He's heard other people's experiences. Yeah, and just, you know, because he made fun of this stuff 15 years ago on his TV show doesn't mean that he hasn't changed Mm. or, like, realized, hey, people weren't hurt by that who I didn't want hurt. I was just, like, making a joke. And I realized that that hurt somebody, and I feel bad about that. Yeah, like, when I look back at the things I've learned doing this podcast, it's, like, I remember, like, I sort of thought... Like I was, I was sort of a bit naive about how important like diversity and stuff was. Mm-hmm. And then the more I started doing these interviews and people would say, like it just hadn't occurred to me that like the films, the original films were just tailored for me, like my demographic. Yeah. Like it was a white male demographic. Like, and then everyone else can, here's your one African-American. Here's your one girl. Like, there's your no Asian. And (laughs) yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite a, like, and and I know this sounds dumb, but it, it just hadn't occurred to me. Well, that's the thing though. It's like there. And this is something I think we, we need to realize as a, as a broader fandom is there's a difference between this never occurred to me and like being anti-diversity. And we need to know when people are, are you know, people who hadn't realized it and can be told, hey, maybe rethink that. And then they can rethink it and grow and that's good. Yeah, and I just, like, I, I remember when The Force Awakens came out and I was in a mall with my friend Anthony and his daughter had a Ray outfit on and was, like, jumping from bench to bench. And it just reminded me of something I would have done when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And it just all clicked like I was like, oh, this is like, like we need as many different characters as possible, or you know, character backgrounds, so everyone else can feel embraced. Like so, people, other yeah. pe- like so, other people can watch it. And how I was saying before, how Luke Skywalker was my avatar, that like they can have an avatar as well. Yeah, you know, and I like I've always, I've always been aware of it from the point of, like I know I've always wanted more, more women in Star Wars, and I am you know like still waiting on on queer representation in Star Wars, but what really hit me when the Force Awakens come out is, um, my little brother is black, and he he loves the Star Wars movies, but seeing his reaction to Finn. Like, it was incredible. Yeah. Like, he was like so excited to see somebody who looked like him as a hero 
and these movies that he loves. Yeah, it's such a weird thing in talking to all these people that they love this universe, but the films told them they weren't part of it. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I, I love the um, the argument of you shouldn't have to look like someone to like, I don't know, to live through that character or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, all right, well, then you do that. Yeah. Then you, why are you freaking out that yeah. there's there's a black eye on the screen? You, you just you, you pretend they're all white dudes. <laughs> it's it's your turn to pretend, buddy. Good luck. Check ya. Well, yes, because of course, you know, if there's anybody uh, of color on the screen or a woman on screen, then that's like diversity for the sake of diversity. But if it's all white people, that's just how everything naturally is. Yeah. Because of course, if you know, look around the world, nothing but white people. Bars, yeah, I can see. Yeah, but that's the beautiful catch twenty two, of, I, I, they just should hire the the best person for the job, who inherently must be a white dude. Yes, absolutely. Because whenever it's not, yeah. then it's forced diversity. So mm-hmm. you're killing me. You're ki- I, t- I tell you what, I live in West Hollywood. The streets are just ridden with forced diversity, Emily. You would be disgusted. <laughs> I, I tell you where Disney's forced diversity is. Mm-hmm. At Disneyland. Weird. Like they must be. They must be paying a lot of people to walk around. I I remember I went with um, Geraldine to Disneyland like this year sometime when she was in LA and just being in a line for the, the log ride, whatever that, like I, I could never, like all those log rides, they all blend into the same one. But I remember just being in the line and just looking around and was like going, there is people from like most every heritage I could imagine in this line. And, and that's Disneyland. Like uh, it's, it's like if you live in a little town and it's only got one color of people, you're not, that's, that's not how the rest of the world works. Yeah. Anyway. um, Then we had a Struthers Wars with Katie McCourt, um, who's an absolute legend. And then, God, we're almost getting to the end of the year, 28th of November, episode 199, the Kessel Toy Run with another one of the true good dudes in Star Wars fandom, uh, Brandon Manriquez and the Kessel Toy Run. I mean, what a dude. What a What a great project. It makes me happy to participate in it makes me happy when other people are like sending in their stuff ah it's awesome it makes me really happy for our fandom and he's just just a humble super nice dude like kind of annoying when it when i get down to it you know <laughs> it's like you're making me look so bad man 
come on. Come on, help me out. Be a prick to someone, please. I need this. We're, if we're grading on a scale here, I am, I am failing. And you're an A-plus student. A real fun Star Wars fan to talk to as well. He's, he's got a lot of toy knowledge. For someone that likes to give them away so much, he knows a lot about them. Yeah, he was sort of doing doing the podcast rounds this last, last month. And like I listened to him on like like probably like four or five different shows. And he was interesting on all of them. Nice. The um, I love this Robert Report episode 12 that featured live parenting commentary with me trying to <laughs> soothe my son while, <laughs> while Robert commented over the top and gave me advice. <laughs> what was it useful advice i can't i just remember just thinking what is my life <laughs> what is happening that this weird nerd that called into my college show is now co-parenting with me via <laughs> skype <laughs> what is happening that is not cool I also, when we're talking about that diversity thing, the thing I always like, another sweet nerd irony is when people complain about forced diversity, but then there's not enough Greedos in the new film. <laughs> it's so good. That's why I can't write parody news anymore. I used to do that midichlorian count and then it was like, oh no, real life is, it's way more ridiculous than the stuff I was writing. It's not fun anymore. I, I quit. Yeah, I, I feel that some of the people over at the, like, the Onion must feel that way. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, there's another Making Steel Wars. And very recently, Courtney Everett's episode, One Year of the Last Jedi and Understanding Raylo. What, where, where do you sit on, on Raylo, Emily? Um, okay. Like, it, there's there's a sort of a lot here on the one hand like like personally i i can't like deal with it in terms of it, it brings up a lot of, of very triggering things in terms of um emotional abuse and i will say there have been some regular fans who maybe could be a little more sensitive like when people say hey i don't like this because it reminds me of my abusive partner you know like maybe don't lecture them on why they're wrong on the other hand it's a fictional pairing and you can support any fictional pairing you want and it doesn't mean that that's what you think is healthy or good in real life and like we have no problem with people saying their favorite character is Darth Vader but for some reason we're going to crap on people for shipping these two characters and that's pretty messed up especially with how aggressive some people are about it like if somebody asked my my opinion on it i'm gonna give it to them you just did yeah i just did but i'm not gonna go after random people the story story checks out emily (laughs) but i'm not if i like i'm not gonna go searching through twitter to find people who like it and then yell at them about it. I mean, I like all sorts of problematic stuff. I mean, honestly, 
like my one of my favorite characters in Star Wars is Krennic. He's a space Nazi. He is a space Nazi who likes to kill people. And you know, I just saw this tweet the other day about um Krennic's oh it's beautiful line and how it's maybe the most evil line in all of Star Wars. Oh yeah. And I think it probably is. And he's my favorite character. Love him. Because it's fictional. And that's okay. Don't like real Nazis. Still like... Like, I love Krennic. I love Tarkin. Think stormtroopers are cool. Yeah, it's it's weird that... You know, that's what I was saying to Cordy. It's like... You either have to look at it all this way or none of it that way. It just seems unfair to like, like hassle like her out about that, but then gush about Anakin and Padme. Yeah, I I don't see the difference, and why why one is acceptable and one isn't. Like, you know, like, yeah, like I said, like, I have a, I have a very strong reaction to it myself. And it's something I do not want to see on screen for a lot of, a lot of reasons. But I, I also think there is a lot of sexism built into going after shippers Mm. because that's like seen as like the girly thing. Yeah, I, I. I've even seen though a lot of girls like turn on Raylos as well. Yeah. And yeah, and it's like, look, I like I understand why this brings up a lot of like particular feelings, um, and it does for me. And when when like because I talked about it on Candabite and like talked about like it bringing up all these red flags about abuse and we got some responses that were basically being like i wasn't looking at the story deeply enough now i was just like looking and i'm like no i'm saying that this reminds me of a past like emotionally abusive relationship you can't like tell me that i'm watching the movie wrong so i i had an immediate like super defensive reaction to that and mm-hmm. I'm trying to not project that onto all Raylo fans because they're not all like that and not everybody's saying that to me it was like you know it's just a couple of people who are too far off the deep end but that doesn't make it okay to be too far off the deep end the other way yeah I I am yeah I, I'm not my head's not around the intense passion at both ends. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I, I just feel like, like this one thing is being taken way too serious than everything else. Like, it's it's a different universe like the the, the emotions and and mourning in star wars is it's messed up it's not yeah. right yeah yeah i mean 
it's not it's in a lot of places in fandom and as somebody who's been in fandom since i was like you know preteen like beginning stages of the world wide web i've sort of made my way through lots of like forums and then live journal and now twitter and and tumblr for a while there there's a lot of really unhealthy stuff that goes on and it's probably especially not great to be going through when you're like a teenage girl. Mm. Um, on the other hand, there were really awesome people who I met through that, like people I'm still like friends with who I met on like Buffy the Vampire Slayer forums or like people who I we liked the same characters on Battlestar Galactica. And so now I still talk to them on Twitter, like all these years later. But there's also just a lot of nasty, like really catty stuff that gets thrown around. And it really gets hyper intense around shipping. Because I, I think, I don't know, I think like within. When you're talking about like shipping wars and stuff, I think it's because there's so much personal projection going on. But when it comes to the sort of like the outside people, like telling you you support abuse because you like this fictional pairing, that that I don't understand where that comes from. Yeah, like like Padme died because of domestic abuse. If you want to go that way, yeah. Yeah, I um, I have no opinion about the end of the of episode nine. That sounds extremely healthy and a good way to look at it. <laughs> it's not often I get that thrown my way. <laughs> Oh man. Um but uh what else do we have to finish it off? Questions we have, answers I give, uh patron exclusive, F forty nine F forty two. Favorite small moments in the Disney Star Wars films was people was contributing. Did you um did you have one of those, Emily? No, I didn't. I had sort of I had, I had not had time to think about it. Have you got one now? Um, hmm. I, I've got one for you. Okay. Krennic's look after Vader chokes him out. <sighs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason I was really wanted you to ask him about that. It's, <laughs> well, it's. <laughs> I mean, I could I could talk about that for ages, and I know we've been recording for a while, but it is a moment that carries so much like weight to that character that you can just be like a, like a thing that you notice and you think is great. Or it can be like a thing that tells you 500 other things about this character. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. That was your, um, that was your special question. It was my special question. You're one of the few people that knew he was coming around and I, uh, I did consult and what an answer, like just, just delicious. 
I'm so glad it was a good answer because we had just like brushed it off. I would have been really devastated. <laughs> that was the magic thing. Nothing was brushed off. Like, he was just into it. So good. And then the last episode that brings us up to now, the uh, the prediction show, which I just had such a fun time at behind my desk, thinking I'm better than everyone else that didn't have a desk in that room. Nobody else had a desk, although Rashad had a pretty good chair. Oh, my God. Rashad had the best time. He came back to my house afterwards and was just on fire. He was he he turned into Zinger Man. <laughs> well, he's just sitting there in the shadows like he's Dr. Claw or something. <laughs> what a champ. Um all right, so we put it out to um on the Patreon. We didn't give people much time, so thanks to everyone that contributed to their favorite moment in the podcast as I try to get this page back up. And one more comments. Um, yeah, I just put out if you had a particular episode that you liked or had a memory of, drop your thoughts. Um, Emily Lind was the first person to uh, answer. And she said, my favorite episode was pretty easy to pick this year. And then I had to reply, you're going to be on the actual show. Yeah, but I wanted to contribute. Okay. I wanted to get the ball rolling. Nice. Well, the ball is rolling. Uh, Rashad, that we just talked about. Oh, my God. You people are so predictable. Uh, other than the episodes of Hyperchat <laughs> featuring producer Rashad, I'm a big fan of the Suck Lord episode. It's a side of fandom you never hear about, and it was really fascinating. I, um, yeah, I thank Rashad for that. I like finding the... Um, Digging out a story that people haven't heard about. Brittany Brown, your co-conspirator, uh, said Mendo. And she said, I always enjoy the live shows. The live show in New York was great. Ronnie Chang guessing about The Last Jedi was hilarious. Um, the fact that he hadn't seen the movie was so good. He was like waiting to watch it on a plane. It was just the best Ronnie reason. to not. And then he started live texting me as he was like, and like as he was watching it on the plane, he was texting me questions and thoughts. And one of the last ones was, I don't know why people are so worked up about this. It's a film. <laughs> I, I got to say, I really like Ronnie questioning other people getting worked up about something. <laughs> you know, he gets paid a lot of money to do it. So True. I guess so, the YouTubers. I don't know how much they get, but it's not Ronnie money. That's for sure. Uh, Tom Chansky, what a great man. Hey, Steele and Emily, here's what I was thinking. There's been some great sweet, sweet content this year. The Mendo episode was incredible, and I love the Justin Bolger interview. It was nice to hear his side of the story, but probably my favorite Steel Wars thing this year that I wasn't a part of was watching your duel with Ray Park. But I'm sorry about your pants. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Chris Willis says, my highlights are the live episode with Ronnie Chang, the Succord episode, the Details episode, the Mendo episode, the Ben Russell live episode with the Michael Caine Jabber and the Phantom Editor episode. Excellent. Matthew Thurban, Thurbo says, Emily has already got the Mendo episode covered, so I'll pick a top three. The details, Last Jedi and Solo episodes, because that man is a prime example of positivity and enthusiasm for Star Wars. I'd love to have a beer with details. Well, details just watches you drink beer and he has soda water. He's uh, a clean living dude, but. I'd have a soda water with him, though. That would still make me happy. This is the thing about details. He still shouts his round. What? Yeah. I remember that from when we were uh, at Celebration. That was... That's a good guy right there. Yeah. Um, The episode with Raymond from Hong Kong. I managed to have two work trips to Hong Kong this year and Raymond's... And Raymond managed to show us all the craziness of the wonderful, vibrant city. I also visited the Hot Toy Secret Base because of this episode. What a guy. Ah, the crazy thing about Raymond that I love was he was disgusted I ate a banana on the street. Apparently that's very frowned upon in Hong Kong. Oh, you don't eat outside? Or just bananas. Huh. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) But he took me, I'm a very fussy eater um, and and, and quite a straight laced eater. I've I've gotten a lot better in my adult years, but as a child, I was very fussy. Like I hate ketchup and mustard. Hate it. Emily, I hate it. And he took me to like a, like a Hong Kong breakfast place where it was all dumplings and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, love, I like dumplings. Dumplings is a new thing for me, by the way, in the past five years. I've, I've taken dumplings on as a food I will eat. And, but these were like gnarly dumplings with who knows what was like. Oh, they, you don't want to know what's in them. You just eat them. They're dumplings. Yeah, I, I don't know. There was just, they were too big as well like i need the ratio of the outside bit to meat bit to be pretty these white it was yeah Uh, and i just said i said oh dude i'm sorry i just can't eat this for breakfast and so he ate mine and then we went past 7-eleven i saw bananas and he was not happy that i was eating a banana i don't know apparently people take it for something else on the streets of hong kong um and ah and Matthew Thurman also said his episode with Struthers Wars not because it was a good episode but who wouldn't want to talk Star Wars with Eric for an hour very cool it was a good episode though Thurbo um Colleen McMahon our buddy said my favorite was the New York live show it was great to finally see an East Coast live show and also meet lots of cool new people also the Mendo episode and also Rashad's debut episode I definitely love the live shows, seeing people interact afterwards. Oh, my God. And I, Colleen, I love that girl. She's, um, she's a good one. 
I'm uh, a big fan of Colleen. Uh, Michael Nip says, Mendo, the details, Last Jedi commentary, which is on the Patreon, uh, the post-Last Jedi episode at Scum and Villainy, and the Brez episode talking solo EW photos. Very cool. Kyle Delaney says, the Brez episodes are also always my favorite. Um, we should have another Brez episode coming up, actually. Oh, um, nice. Um, and he also loved the live show with Reese Nicholson and Kyron Wheatley. Very cool. Um, I like that people are saying different things. Yeah. You know, of course, you're going to get a lot of Mendo. You know, he's, he's, he was the big get for the year. But I like that people, it's not all the same stuff. Hinton says, ah, that question is kind of being asked, which of your kids are your favorite? Sure, you have one, but you don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> oh, man. Um Sizzle Dizzle says, some of my favorite episodes that haven't already been said are the interview with guest. Oh, that's Corey Van Dyke. His Clone Wars tinted perspective was refreshing. Any episodes where you try to explain, refute, mitigate the ravenous reactionary section of the fandom, especially with Brian Young and the hyper news about the Kelly Marie Tran New York Times article. The interview with Bethany Lucina, because I'm a data nerd, and at the risk of needlessly inflating his ego, all the Robbo reports. I'll say this. Robbo, while very firm in his opinions, it's it's not it's not an ego thing. Like in fact, like probably quite the opposite. So tell Robbo he's a good dude and then his shows are interesting. He does need to hear that. Yeah, it's not yeah, it isn't an ego thing. It's a OCD thing. Um, it's rules. He's got his rules. And he's sticking by them, which I can appreciate. Um, and then he says, very kindly, uh, thanks for all the great content, Steel, and all the uplifting engagement of your listeners. So happy to be a part of the right side of nerd history. Cheers, man. Um, ah, Hinton. Uh also says, uh, Mike says, I also enjoy when you, Lizzie and Zoe, harass. Oh, I also enjoy when Lizzie and Zoe harass you too. But that might have been in 2017 when I went on Star Wars Geek Girl. But trust me, they still harass me all the time. They're bullies. <laughs> Those two little Sabines are big bullies. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Steel. Uh, Rebecca Edwards in Perth says, I can't decide between this lot. Wait, is that meant to... Oh, no, that doesn't... Okay. Yeah, she says, I can't decide between this lot. Wait, I feel like she went to type something and it didn't come through. All right, let me see if I... But, yeah, it's just... Yeah, maybe something happened there with the posting. Um... Catherine Neen says the live ones where I cry because they're over and then also Mendo. (laughs) Catherine got a bit emotional at the last live show in Melbourne and then I she made me emotional and then Maggie laughed. She's such a trooper. But uh Catherine is the best. Oh, she's great. We love her. I'm I'm really happy that she's coming over for celebration. Oh my god, it's gonna be crazy with all these all these people in the same place. It's it's too much. And Emily, we did it. A year of podcasts. 
reviewed and discussed, sort of. A year of steel talking about steel. <laughs> Don't be like that. Don't be like that. It's not cool. It's not no, cool. no, it was good. We talked yeah. about the show. It was good. It's a good show. No, you had good stories to tell. Emily, you can't do it and then turn on me at the end. But turning on you is my thing. Yeah, I know. That's what I enjoy. I fell for your trap. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thanks to you, Emily, for helping us out with this. Thanks for my voice for holding out. And, yeah, thanks for all everyone that listens and, and, and shares the podcast and especially to those that um, come to the live shows and, and, and retweet stuff and, of course, are part of the Patreon because I assure you, I, I, I can guarantee you that without that, I, um, I wouldn't be able to do uh, nearly this many amount of episodes because baby's going to baby. Yeah. They, they do that. They are going to baby. And he just seems to be babying more now. More now than ever. So much babying. So much babying. Uh, Emily, would you like to let the good people of the internet know about your super fun podcast? Yeah, I do. A podcast with my buddy, Brittany Brown, called The Cantabite Dispatch. And it's a pretty relaxed star wars podcast is what i'll say about it we we you know we talk about the star wars news every week but we also just have fun because we're friends and we talk about stuff that we like and we talk about ben mendelson a lot and we review a ben mendelson movie every month and we try not to take any of it too seriously and we just have a good time because we both like star wars Nice, and it's super fun, and it always makes me smile to listen to. Oh, good. I like to hear that. Which is some good content. Well, um, and yeah, if uh, any of those episodes sounded interesting, go back and uh, give them a listen and, and let us know what you think. I, um, I'm pretty pumped for next year. Star Wars Episode Nine, Emily. Star Wars Episode Nine. Celebration. Probably The Mandalorian. Maybe The Clone Wars. Man. But I'm a film guy. A saga, yeah. a saga film guy. And I just can't wait to go through that whole thing of, of trailers and, and just like having your imagination blown open with these new flashes of things that we're going to see at the end of the year. Oh, the anticipation is so much fun. Oh, and the fact that we're going to see new stuff in a giant room at Celebration. <sighs> yeah. So good. So good. Uh, thank you, Emily. I, I love you dearly. You're such a good friend. I'm um, very lucky that Silly Podcasting led me to you oh i'm i'm very glad i'm glad they were friends because i gotta say like because i listen to a lot of a lot of podcasts and i i think when you listen to a podcast you should tell people that you listen to their podcast especially because you know you were doing a podcast in australia and i thought 
I live in New York and listen to this guy's podcast, and I can't go to live shows. I should probably tell him that I like his podcast. And then we talked and we met at LA Podfest, and I was very nervous to meet you because you're very intimidating. And then, like, five minutes later, I'm like, why was I nervous to meet this guy? He's fucking awesome. And now we're friends, and we talk about Star Wars a lot, and that's great. Look, it's three o'clock in the morning, Steel. What do you want from me? <laughs> no, the it's great thing. It sounded like a there's some breakfast cereal tiger that says something like that. It might just be in Australia. I'm not sure. No, it's Tony the Tiger for, well, Frosted Flakes over here. I don't know what you guys call them. Okay, nice. Well, thanks, Tone. It's been great to have you. <laughs> um, and and we'll be together in uh, in April. Yeah. Hanging out. But we might we might talk before then. Who knows? Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so good. Thanks everyone. Get amped for uh what should be a really exciting and unbelievably you, you wouldn't be able to conceive of a Star Wars year like this like six years ago. And and we're living it. And uh it's gonna be the best time. And uh, I hope you join us and may that force be with you. That was fun. Steel Wars Live returns to Geeky T's Burbank Saturday, the 12th of January at 6 p.m. for our traditional beginning of the year Star Wars news prediction show where audience members live and around the world get to make their Star Wars news predictions for 2019, which of course we will review at the end of the year. And as this is the first time we've ever done this before a live audience, we will have an audience mic. So you'll get to chat on the podcast as well with our all-star Star Wars panel. It's going to be the best of times and you can save a couple of bucks for buying your tickets online before the day of the show. Check it all out at merchostore.com. The link is in the show notes cannot wait for this show it is going to be so much fun normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.